MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. Texas World Speedway, the most competitive track upon which the Grand National competes, now sees 44 cars going down pit road and getting ready in two laps to go. 500 bruising, blazing laps, miles. That'll be 250 laps on this two-mile racing facility. We pause now for station identification. At the Texas World Speedway, all 44 cars have fired and are on their way. Ronnie Chumley, the last in line, now moves down pit road, Marvin Patch. One thing for sure, they didn't have to sit at the starting line and wait 60 seconds to warm up their engines today. Nope. I understand they're going to turn them loose in, uh, the second time around. Richard Petty, for the second straight week, is on the pole. Petty is not very famous for being on the pole. He's very famous for being around at the checkered flag. We asked Richard about being on the pole again. What's the story? This last two races, we've been able to sit on pole, and we've been running, uh, what, 13 or 14 races before that, and I guess second was the best one time, most time third and fourth, so I guess maybe we're getting a little bit better combination than what we have. I hope so, anyway. One of the big stories here will be the run of Joe Frasson. Frasson is here and looking mighty strong in car number 18, prepared by John Green from down in Spartanburg. How will he drive today's race? I'm going to be starting on the outside of the second row, and... Uh, I think it's going to be awful hot out there, and it's going to be an awful long race. And I'm going to try to pace myself and stay with the leaders and go from there and worry about the end of the race as it comes near. That's Joe Frisson, who's out here starting today in this Lone Star 500 as the fourth-place competitor on the outside of the second row. Pete Keller from Columbia, South Carolina, is the chief starter for today's race. Instructing one more lap and they will be underway. Pace car has them in tow. A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, driving the pace car. A.J. here today on crutches after being hurt in a sprint car accident. Hopes to be back racing soon. That's real good to see A.J. back here in a pace car. What I wanted to add, Ken, was that the K&K car uh, has picked up speed since they qualified. So you can kind of look for Petty and uh, Isaac to kind of get moving because talking to Junior Johnson uh, prior to the race here, he said that both of the Dodges have done something, he said. They got running better than they were expecting. So they are shot down a little bit on uh, horsepower, but they plan to run a smooth race with this tremendous uh, tire temperature here. Their chassis has probably got a little bit of an edge on uh, tire temperature, and they hope to play it that way and try to outsmart them as much as they can in the pit. So this should shape up to be very interesting. It's going to be a whale of an automobile race. Pace car has the field midway down the backstretch as we get set for the start of the Lone Star 500 here at Texas World Speedway. Beautiful track, plenty wide. There's room to pass anywhere you want to go, inside or outside, and we can expect just a tremendous fight all the way down to the finish. It's Richard Petty on the inside, having qualified for the pole at 169.412. Right beside him is Bobby Allison at 167.836 miles per hour. Petty driving the Dodge today. He'll be driving the Dodge at Daytona Beach on the 4th of July. Here comes the field, moving down around turn number three. As we prepare for the start of the Lone Star 500, let's go to Barney Hall. That field is bunching up very tightly. The sky is so blue here in Texas today, it looks like you can almost see forever out across the background of the horizon here. The cars look like the best field of cars we've seen put together all year. Now the pace car picking up speed, heading for pit road. The field tightening it up real tight as they come down into turn four, getting ready for the start. 500 grueling miles. The pace car is on pit road. Let's go back to you, Ken. Field moving down and looking for a start in the Lone Star 500 today. Petty and Allison 
Flanked in the front row. Here they come, moving in, and they take the green just 300 feet shy of the starter. Down they go, hauling into turn number one with Petty moving out in front. Richard Petty dives to the inside. Petty has the lead. Allison on the outside, right behind him as they go into turn number one. It's Petty with the lead. Now Bobby Isaacs dives to the inside of Allison, and it's Petty, Isaacs, Allison, Benny Parsons in fourth, Joe Persone bringing up fifth place as they go down that back straightaway. Petty now lengthens his lead by about five cars. Petty now has that lead in the middle of the back straightaway. The war is on as Richard Petty jumps into the lead, but cracking up through the pack comes Joe Frisson in that dodge. Frisson has now moved into the number two position. Richard Petty leads him into turn number three. He's down to the low groove. Frisson making up time. Joe sits maybe three, four car lengths behind. Then comes Bobby Isaac. Then comes Bobby Allison as they head for the start-finish line. To end lap number one, it is Petty out in front. One of the big moves is being made by Jackie Oliver. He's come from 23rd up into 12th position in the first lap. Down they go into turn one. Turn number one, Bobby Isaacs dives to the inside, passes Joe Frisson, and it's now Richard Petty, Bobby Isaacs, Joe Frisson, and Bobby Allison in that order as they go down that back straightaway. Isaacs dove in the inside in turn number one, down below that groove, made the pass, now running second place in the back straightaway. Petty setting the pace into turn number three. Richard swings it out against the wall, cuts down through the turn, and right behind him comes Bobby Isaac. Isaac riding in second position. Frisson doing a magnificent job, hanging in there in third spot. Then comes Allison in the Chevrolet. It's Plymouth. It's Dodge, 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 and Chevrolet as they head for UKIN. As they come across the line, lead automobile it is Richard Petty. Bobby Isaac in second and third for Sean. Going in fourth is Allison. Into turn number one, Isaac's now drafting Richard Petty. Isaac's moved to the inside, cannot make it by Richard. Richard in that beautiful STP red and blue Dodge this time, a Plymouth at Riverside, but a Dodge here at Texas for Richard. Richard still has the lead in the back straightaway. Isaac now moves up on him in the middle of the back straight. There's a car slowing down in the middle of turn four. He's heading for the pits at his car number 66. And that is H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas. As the lead automobiles get ready to, to lap him as they come around, it is still Richard Petty in the lead. Isaacs, your second place car. Frisson riding third, and then the Coke machine of Bobby Allison, fourth place. There's less than a car length separating the first four positions as they move for turn number one. Coming across the line, Ronnie Chumley is also pitting his car. The Texan four laps now complete here at the, from the Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. At Texas World Speedway, two previous winners on this track are now running out in front. Bobby Isaac, who won in 1969, and Richard Petty, who came home first in 1971, are battling out of turn four with Bobby Isaac coming out now the leader. It's Isaac running out in front with Richard Petty tucked in behind him. Allison goes into third place in front of Joe Fasson as they sweep into the first turn. Isaacs has that lead in front of Petty. The first four cars again, Bobby Isaacs, Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, as they come down, we go down into four, five, and six. We have Benny Parsons, car number 72, Leboy Alvaro in car number 45, and Larry Smith in car number 92, bringing up that uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh position as the leaders are now on that back straightaway. Isaac leads them in turn number three. They're coming through the turn so fast here in three and four. It's the first time on a two-mile speedway. We've literally seen them almost dirt tracking with the rear end of the car kind of sitting out of line with the front end. Isaacs moves up on one of the lapped automobiles, comes off turn four, and Richard Petty is putting the pressure on. Right behind comes Allison in third position, and Presson still riding fourth. Across the line, it is Bobby Allison running up in that third spot, Joe Presson in fourth. Here's the fifth place automobile, Leroy Yarborough tucked in behind him is Benny Parsons. In the fifth spot and sixth is Larry Smith. Seventh is James Hilton. Eighth is Jackie Oliver, who's come from 23rd. And there goes Jackie Oliver up the inside as they go to Fritz Duda. Jackie Oliver dives to the inside. Oliver now running in the eighth position as he comes down, now making a move on those fifth, sixth, and seventh cars. 
Benny Parsons, Leboy Yarbrough on Larry Smith as he goes down the back straightaway, really getting with the program here at Texas. I'm into the main straightaway, lead automobile coming by with now five laps complete. It is Bobby Isaac out in front. In second is Petty. Here comes the third place automobile. Wheeling down through goes Bobby Allison and right with him is Joe Frisson. Those are the front four automobiles here with now six laps, 12 miles down. In a good draft, Jackie Oliver, James Hilton, and Cecil Gordon. They're running an 8th, ninth, and 10th position here at Texas World Speedway. On the board, it's Dodge out in front with Bobby Isaac, the front runner. Bobby Isaac maintaining first place in the second position. It is Richard Petty, and there's no let up in the pace as they continue to run mighty strong and mighty hard here this afternoon. It's still Isaac out in front, second spot belonging to Richard Petty, and third as they come around to complete seven laps is Bobby Allison with fourth, Joe Frisson. The fifth place automobile running about four seconds back. Moving up the inside comes Benny Parsons under car number 45. It's car number 72 coming down the inside and making his move and getting through is Benny Parsons. Benny Parsons pulls up and makes a good move in turn number one by Fritz Duda. Benny Parsons made that move on Leroy Yarborough. Benny now running very, very well. Leroy Yarborough running behind him with Larry Smith now running in eighth position as they go down the back straightaway. Leroy now tries to make a move to the inside of Benny Parsons as they go into turn number three. The battle is on right now between Parsons and Leroy. Benny leads him as they come into turn number three. They're moving up on some of the last automobiles. As they swing to the outside, they have to run a little bit high in turn number four. Parsons moves it out against the wall. Leroy right on his tail as they come down. Now Yarbrough breaks to the outside. He's going to make a challenge on him as they move to Ken Squires. It's a real race between Benny Parsons and Leroy Yarbrough. And there goes the Porter Ford up on the outside. Bill Seifert's car driven by Leroy Yarbrough is up a spot around Benny Parsons. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. 1969 winner at Texas, Bobby Isaac, and 1971 winner Richard Petty are locked up in a draft and trying to pull away from the field. They have almost a second and a half on third place competitor. Now Petty goes to the inside on Isaac in turn one. Turn number one, Richard Petty dives to the inside behind Bobby Isaac. Slower car down there, and Richard cannot get by. Richard now not drafting about four or five car lengths behind Bobby Isaacs as they go down the back straightaway. Richard now moves up on the tail of Isaacs, trying to make that move to take that lead. Maybe a four-car length separation between first and second position as they move to turn three. There's a lot of traffic in turns three and four as Isaacs just whips it around to the outside and rides in the high groove. Petty stays right with him. The two Dodges battling for the lead in the Lone Star 500. Down they come. Isaac leads Petty across by less than a car length. Bobby Isaac trying to win here at Texas World Speedway. Our first car out of the race. Let's go to the pits for Jerry Smith's report. Car number 66, H.P. Bailey of Houston, Texas, in the pits with a broken oil line. One of those things they just probably didn't check before they brought the car out. And, Ken, the wind is picking up in the infield area. Can really shuffle the cars around. Bailey has come back on the track. He was in for a length of time. He's back on the speedway. 
First car to report trouble today, along with Ronnie Chumley's automobile. As the field comes by, Leroy Arborough trying to have a good finish today. Is really letting that Bill Seifert, number 45 Ford, loose out here and running it ragged up against the outside as they come around to complete 12 laps this time. The leader, Isaac, second place is Petty, and you just can't get any room between those two automobiles. Dodges in one and two. Here's the third place car, Allison, and Joe Frisson doing a beautiful job of drafting Allison. Allison trying to shake Frisson and having no response in that department as he moves up on lap cars, and Allison has to be one of the best traffic drivers in the history of the sport. Get him into lapped automobiles, and he can get the job done. Let's go to Barney Hall. Traffic becoming very heavy in turns three and four, but the leaders are having no problem at all here today, at least handling. They can run in the low groove, the center groove, right up against the wall. And they're moving up into turn number three right now. Tremendous battle for the lead between the two Dodge automobiles of Bobby Isaac and Richard Petty. Down they come off turn number four. Isaac on some of the slower traffic moves around. Neil Castles heads for the start finish line, and here's Petty moving to the inside. Petty tries to go down. He finds Neil Castles there. He ducks back again, and Walter Ballard is there as they go into turn number one in lap 14. Petty goes high into turn number one. Petty up high in the groove as he comes down behind Isaacs. Isaac still has that lead, though, as they get into some traffic in turn number two. Isaacs now in front of Petty by about one car length. Petty moves up right on his tail in the back straightaway as they go into three. Petty has some room to pass, Barney Hall. Here's Richard Petty putting the pressure on right now, doing the kind of racing they like to do. He and Isaacs, probably two of the greatest drivers to ever come along the Grand NASCAR trail. Down they come into turn number three. There's an awful lot of traffic again with Tiny Lund up front and some of the other cars as they barrel down. Isaac shoots that beautiful red Dodge right out against the wall, and Richard Petty not about to let him go. Richard Petty, who led the first ten laps back in 1971, is leading it or trying to lead it again, but Isaac has it right now out in front. The ten-lap rundown is Isaac leading, Petty second, Allison third, Joe Frisson fourth, Benny Parsons fifth. Running in the sixth position is car number 45. That's Leroy Arboro moving up. Seventh right now is reported as car number 92. Larry Smith going eighth is James Hilton. Ninth is car number 90, Jackie Oliver from Walton on Thames, England. And tenth is Cecil Gordon. That's the rundown at 10 laps, 20 miles. We're still waiting for a speed report upcoming on those first 10 laps. That's upcoming shortly. Meanwhile, we're in lap 15. They're working, completing the 15th lap right here. Isaac in front. Petty in second as they move around Tiny Lund. Here's the third place car, Joe Frisson, getting around Allison and staying there by three car lengths. It's Joe Frisson in front of the Chevrolet of Bobby Allison, who is running fourth. Fifth place automobile. Now coming by. And that automobile will belong to Leroy Arborough. Running sixth is Benny Parsons. Seventh is Larry Smith, who tries to go down the middle and almost gets pinched off on Ronnie Chumley's car. Fritz Duda. Larry Smith now running up right behind Benny Parsons. Smith trying to improve his positions and take that position away from Parsons as they go around turn number three. Larry now in the inside. In the inside, as they go down that back straightaway, Benny Parson maintains his lead over Smith, though. As they go into turn number three, let's see if Smith doesn't make his move, Barney Hall. As they move into turn number three, Smith drops back maybe two or three car lengths. There's an awful lot of traffic up there as they come into turn number three right now. Parson's driving a very steady race, and I'm real surprised the drivers are setting such a blistering pace here in this heat. But the lead car is not about to back off, and it's war on all around the track now, Ken. It sure is. Everywhere you go, you've got a dogfight, including that terrific battle up in front with Isaac and Petty still going at it. We have a new record for cars out of the race, none out at the end of 10 laps. The high was two and the low was one, back 69 and 71 way. 
Here comes Bobby Isaac, and here's Bill Shirey, who may be our first retiree. His car easing down and going behind the wall. Bill Shirey's car number 74 is coming out of the dogfight. Shirey of Sumter, South Carolina. The Wings and Wheels Museum car of Santee, South Carolina. Plymouth car is out. And we have a new record for the first 10 laps. Correction on that. That is not a new record. They're reporting 163.64. The record is 172.661, set by David Pearson back in 1969. And that's well off the mark. 163.64 miles per hour. The last year's mark was 76.352 as we had a caution in the early going. 163.64 miles per hour, the average speed for the first 20 miles established by Bobby Isaac. Working into lap number 18, they complete it with Isaac still in front and Petty playing the bridesmaid. The, here comes car number 88, Ron Keselowski, who's had some great finishes of recent. The Drayton Plains Michigan runner is on pit road for service right now. Also, Johnny Anderson, the California runner, has brought his car onto pit road. Third place automobile. Moving along very nicely is Joe Frisson. Larry Smith and Benny Parsons continue in their draft, and Leroy Yarborough dropping in behind them now as they scoot up through traffic. At the Texas World Speedway, the third Grand National race in the series and the 17th race of this season, third race here at Texas World Speedway, as Bobby Isaac trying to become the fifth different winner in as many competitive meets back through the season here with the past month. Isaac now running out in front of Richard Petty, who qualified fastest. But as they told you earlier, Bobby Isaac turned some very good laps yesterday in practice as fast as the leader Richard Petty and they're now running door to door in turn two for its duty. Action in turn number two as Richard Petty goes to the inside tries to get by Isaacs but a slower car down in that groove hinders him prevents him from taking that lead as they go into three in Barney Hall. Both these leaders setting a blistering pace with Isaacs up front right now Petty still less than a car length behind Richard moves to the inside one lap and then to the outside the next lap putting a little pressure on Isaac as they come off turn number two. Bobby now leads by less than a car length as they scream down to the start finish line. Across the line, Isaac trying to maintain that lead. Petty drifts the car out to give it some space and let it breathe for a moment. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Ron Kazlowski's car was in for a lengthy time on pit road and apparently was overheating the problem. Ron Kazlowski's automobile on pit road just briefly and is back on the track once again, but he was in under green. We have had no caution thus far in the race. We're working the 22nd lap, now completed, as Bobby Isaac comes across with second place, Richard Petty. Let's go to Jerry Smith on pit road. With me in the pits is Bill Shirey. Bill, we've talked a little bit before the race starts as to the problem of heat out there. How is it? Oh, it's not bad out there today. It's not really as hot as I thought it was going to be. How about we're getting some gusting winds coming across the track. Any problems? With well, the junk that came in the first turn, you mean? Right. Yeah, I'd seen it. Uh, I missed it. The guy car in front of me hit it, but I guess he didn't do any damage. How about your car, Bill? What happened? Uh, I wiped the lobe on a cam, and uh, it just started getting slower and slower, and it was backfiring through the carburetor, so I thought I better pull in. Okay, Bill Shirey, the first car to retire on the Texas 500. Back to the tower. Jackie Oliver, driving the Truck Equipment Corporation automobile, is doing a great job for those people. As you know, their, their garage was inundated by water. The whole first floor has been flooded up there in Virginia. I understand it's 14 foot of water. Another thing I'd like to mention, 
They're in this garbage disposal business, and they sent a couple garbage trucks all the way out here to help out clean up around here. So that was pretty nice of them. Well, right now, the Truck Equipment Corporation automobile is doing a dandy job. Remember, they started pretty well back on that starting grid this afternoon, and Jackie Oliver is pulling that car up through traffic and is closed on the leaders dramatically. He's running just about a second and a half behind James Hilton. He's up there in the front 10 after starting in 23rd position. After they came across the line of the start, Oliver short-tracked it down on the inside, and he knocked off about eight cars going into the first turn as he drag-stripped his way into that position, and then he blew off three or four more going down the backstretch, and he's been whipping them ever since. Third place automobile is Joe Frisson with Allison playing fourth right now. 40-mile, 20-lap rundown. Isaac in front, Petty in second, Joe Frisson in third, so it's Dodge sweeping the front three positions. Chevrolet runs in fourth, then in fifth, is car number 72, Benny Parsons, in one of the Pop Cola cars. At number 72, the Pop Cola Mercury. Running in sixth position is Larry Smith of Lenore, North Carolina, in car number 92, which is a Ford. Then running in seventh is Leroy Arborough's Ford. In eighth is James Hilton in a Ford automobile. Running in ninth is the car number 90, and that is Jackie Oliver of Walton on Thames, England, in a Ford, with a tenth position belonging to car number 14, being driven by Cuckoo Marlin, of Columbia, Tennessee. And Marlin has been coming up through traffic well today in the Lone Star 500. Richard Petty didn't become NASCAR Grand National Champion taking anything for granted, including his oil filter. Out there, at almost 200 miles an hour, my life's on the line. So I use the best equipment. I'm running with Andy Granatelli's STP double oil filter. It's a filter and a filter. I feel a whole lot better now about how clean my motor oil is running. The STP double oil filter. Not just a single filter, but a filter in a filter to double clean your oil. Leading NASCAR driver Bobby Allison isn't about to let Andy Granatelli get one filter up on him. I race against Andy Granatelli's STP cars all the time. But when it comes to oil filters, I'm racing with Granatelli all the way with his STP double oil filter. It's a filter and a filter for more engine protection way I figure, if you can't beat them, join them. The STP double oil filter. Not just a single filter, but a filter in a filter to double clean your oil. The 20 lap rundown has the speed of 164.571 miles per hour, and that is not a record. 164.571, the record was set in December of 1969 by Buddy Baker at 172.455 on this beautiful two mile banked asphalt track. Up in front, this crowd is being treated to a tremendous action, race. Action in turn number two. Richard Petty tries to make a move on Bobby Isaacs as they go down the back straightaway. Petty got to the inside. He could not make it. Isaac still has the lead as they go into three. Isaac seems to have the stronger car in the straightaways. Richard can get him up at the turns. He's pulled up alongside a couple of times, but due to some of the slower traffic and maybe the fact of some of the great driving of Bobby Isaacs, he has not been able to get around as they come off turn number four right now. Petty pulls it up on the bumper again as they head for the start-finish line. Across the line, they are lapping Clarence Lovell, a Texas driver, and there's no room to Here go. Here is Leroy Yarborough coming into the pits, and Leroy is making an early pit stop. Leroy Yarborough into the pits, Ken. He's coming in on the 29th lap. Leroy Yarborough pitting in the 29th lap on this two-mile track, and he is apparently having some hitting problems. The hood is going up, and they're going to put the hose to it and see if they can cool down. The Bill Seifert prepared car, the Porter Ford. The race up front is good, but the race in 8th, 9th, and 10th, Here's Hilton coming from 22nd position to 8th. Jackie Oliver from 23rd into 9th. And don't forget Cuckoo Marlin Chevrolet, the great driver from Tennessee, has moved his Chevy up from 
21st position to 10th at the present time. And here goes Benny Parsons up on James Hilton right now. There's a good scramble as they try to move around in lap traffic. Benny Parsons and James Hilton. And the two Pop Cola automobiles are running door to door. Benny is really getting it on. Let's see if there's any change on number 45. They're stepping away from Leroy Yarborough's automobile momentarily down on Pitt Road. Still working on the car, and here's Leroy coming back into the race. Leroy Yarborough, who was up in there and running in seventh position, falling back now. On Leroy's car, Ken, they cleaned a bunch of stuff off the radiator, and it looked like they pulled a piece of tape or something off from the grill. And also Tiny Lund, while we were off for a station break, made a pit stop, and it was a rather lengthy pit stop. It looked like he was having any trouble because they were under the hood of that car. Les Covey of Paris, Ontario, Canada, also on pit road. And back out into the race. Car number 71, Isaac, is still in the lead with Richard Petty banging away on the rear bumper. We asked Bobby yesterday how that car was running. Well, it was real good. We didn't qualify as good as we'd like to, but uh, we changed the suspension on the car since then. And we have the car running as good as anybody. And uh, we got out and drafted a few laps with Petty. And uh, everything felt real stable. And he drafted behind me for a couple laps to to get his car set up and uh, he seemed to be happy so uh, I guess we just have to wait for the flag to drop and see who comes out the best. Ken, this is Jerry Smith on Pitbull. That last pit stop by Leroy Yarbrough had to do with this hitting a rabbit. It got caught up in the radiator, got overheated, pulled the car in, they pulled the remnant out of the radiator. He's back out on the course and back to the tower. That's a new one, a brand new problem, Jack Rabbit is the problem on Leroy Arboro's automobile. I wonder who got that job. Anyway, they've had problems with jackrabbits out here in the first day of practice. They had jackrabbits all over the second turn. They had to stop and get the drivers and the mechanics out, and they had a hare and hound game right there in turn two, Marvin. I hear they had some jackrabbits too, too. Hare today and gone tomorrow at Texas World Speedway. We pause now for station identification. has been on pit road and he is back in the race. Here's Ronnie Chumley, terrific Texas driver in one of Gordon Van Loo's automobiles pulling on a pit road. That's the second time he has been on pit road this afternoon. And Ron Keswaski is coming in very slowly. He's going behind the wall and back to the garage area. The Drayton Plains, Michigan runner, car number 88. Ron Keswaski is now retiring his automobile, the Messina Trucking Company car of Utica, Michigan, is out of the race. The 1970 Dodge by this tremendous young driver. He's the youngest driver on the circuit at 24 years of age. Everyone hoping he's going to have a good season in the Winston Series, but it's not happening here in Texas. He is the second car to retire up in front. Now coming across to complete 33 laps, 66 miles. Isaac in front, Teddy tries to go up the inside. And again, Isaac beats him off of the stick in turn number one. In turn number one, Richard Petty goes high, way up on the groove. Bobby Isaac's down. Richard tried to make that move coming into turn one. Could not make it. Now he comes low going down the back straightaway. Richard comes up behind Bobby Isaacs. Cannot take over that league. Isaacs really with the program in the back straightaway. Ken, some real racing going on back here, though, with James Hilton and Jackie Oliver. Jackie Oliver trying to get up and get that eighth or ninth position that Hilton is occupying. Now they go into turn number three by Barney Hall. The two lead automobiles sweep around the turn right now, but there's a tremendous battle for the lead, and there's also a tremendous battle for positions seven and eight back there between Benny Parsons and James Hilton. They've been banging sheet metal, and they both put a little sheet metal and changed the shape of it on Larry Smith's car a couple of laps ago as they were really locked up in a tight three-car draft here in turn number four. Back to you, Ken. 
30 lap rundown, 60 miles complete with Bobby Isaac in front, Richard Petty in second, Joe Frisson in third, Dodge in one, two, and three, Chevrolet in fourth, Allison, front four cars in the same lap. Running in fifth is James Hilton, in sixth is Benny Parsons, in seventh is Larry Smith, and moving up into eighth is Cuckoo Marlin, going ninth is Jackie Oliver, and tenth is Cecil Gordon. That's how they're running at 60 miles on the board at the Texas World Speedway. Last year's Daytona Firecracker 400 had all the drama, the excitement anyone could want in a race. In the closing laps, Richard Petty vainly chased after Bobby Isaac, the leader. Isaac's hood pins were loose and his car's hood flapped in a 180 mile per hour wind. No one knew whether the hood would come crashing over Isaac's windshield to put him out of the race. It didn't, and Isaac won by scant seconds. That's the kind of racing there is at Daytona. Always fast, close, exciting. This year, to be part of the country's largest 4th of July celebration, come to Daytona for the Firecracker 400 Grand National Race. For a free souvenir brochure of Daytona International Speedway and the Firecracker 400, write to Speedway Brochure, Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. That's Speedway Brochure, Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. Zip code 32015. It's free, so write for yours today. Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, here at the Texas World Speedway, is really making some moves. He has moved up from 21st into 8th position. Good run by Cuckoo. We have one car slowing down dramatically up in turn number 4. And that's uh, Elmo Langley, who was coming down the back straightaway, just came off turn number 2, was really getting it on, and suddenly just fell off the pace and went down on the dirt. He looked for a moment as though he's going to stop in the back stretch, but he's let it coast all the way around to the track, and he is going to make it into the pits. The average speed at 30 laps, 164, 634 miles per hour. And that is not a record. The record is 172.524 by Buddy Baker, the giant from Charlotte, North Carolina, will be at Daytona next week. Elmo Langley's car has gone behind the wall. Elmo Langley's number 64, but has not gone back to the garage area, just behind the concrete. Meanwhile, number 91, Anderson, California racer. Johnny Anderson, his car has pulled behind the wall and now back behind the chainmail fence and is going to the garage area as a retiree, car number 91. Ken, this is Jerry Smith in the pit area. Car number 88, Ron Kozlowski, is losing fuel pressure. He's going to try to repair it and get back in the race. Back to the tower. It's still Bobby Isaac in front as they complete 38 laps this time with Richard Petty still hanging on. They're ready to lap a couple of automobiles coming across the line. Dick May of Brownsville, New York, and Paul Jett of San Antonio, Texas, as they wheel into turn one. As they go into turn number one, Richard Petty goes high in the group. Petty is always, uh, as we watch him going into turn number one, Petty goes much higher into that groove as Isaacs does. Isaacs goes down to the bottom. Petty tries to slingshot in between him and below him as they go into turn number two, but can't make it. In the back straightaway, you can put a blanket over him as they go into turn number three. Here's Petty swinging to the outside. We may have a lead change. Isaacs moves down to the lower groove, and Richard Petty just blows his doors off as he goes around in turn number three. Here's Petty moving to the wall now. He has maybe a car length separation, and the reason is Bobby Isaacs is heading for the pits. Isaacs heading down pit road as Richard, Richard Petty streaks across the start finish line. 37 laps down, and the leader Isaac is now pitting. Here's Bobby Isaac coming in. Let's see what they do for rubber. They have said the Dodges would have to be changing three tires, the two front tires as well as the right rear. Here's Harry Hyde looking under the front of the car. Buddy Parrott the gas man putting a fuel tour and they're changing only right side rubber on Bobby Isaac's car. They had talked about going all the way around. We'll see what Petty does. The Dodges, which go a little harder into the turns, have been wearing down rubber on both the right front 
and the left front, and here is Isaac back in the race once again. A real quick stop, Ken, 26 and a half seconds, and it did exactly what Harry Hyde said they'd do. He said we were going to stop on the 38th lap, 76 miles, but he figured they can go around 80, 85 miles on view, but they wanted to stop early their first stop, and so it was scheduled right on, right on schedule. No caution thus far in the race. Action in turn number one as Benny Parsons tries to get James Hilton going to turn number one. He does not make it. He goes to the inside. It's James Hilton, Benny Parsons, and Larry Smith in that order as they go down into turn number two. Hilton still has his, at this point, fourth fourth place position as they go down the back straightaway. Parsons still trying to make that move on Hilton as they go into turn number three. The two pop cola cars really having a door-to-door -door battle all afternoon. Parsons and Hilton, they had quite a battle at Riverside last week and they bring it right on to Texas and continue it. Down they come off turn number four this time. Hilton riding in the lead. Parsons trying to get around and he's knocking on the door as they come off turn number four. That is the battle for fifth position. Hilton is in fifth, and here comes Larry Smith out of seventh. He goes by the sixth place car and challenges as they move around this speedway, Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Richard Petty has just pitted, and he has changed three tires, both front tires as well as the rear tire on the right side, and he is back in the race. Time on that. 33 seconds. 33 seconds for three tires. Dale Inman, the crew chief, Richard Petty's cousin, we asked him about this business of changing three tires. We're wearing the right, the two right sides and the left front, and on the Chevrolets and the Ford, they're wearing the two right sides and the left rear. That's the way it's always been, so uh, it's going to be, I don't know, we might change three tires the first time and just get a reading if there's not a caution. I don't know, it's according how we're running. So they have changed three tires. Bobby Allison is now in, and they're changing right side rubber on Allison's car and adding fuel, and they are not jacking the left side. Let's see if they got that gas cap on. I guess they did as they came out, and everybody now coming in under green. Here's Dave Marcos in, David Ray Boggs, Ben Arnold. Let's get a time on those stops. 19 seconds on Bobby Allison. That was a real quick one. Everybody now coming in. Larry Smith has been running so well here today, pulling his car in. Joe Brisson moving in. J.D. McDuffie is now pitting his automobile. The pit stops beginning to take place as we're up to 42 laps, showing Richard Petty as the leader. Allison in second. That will change now. Here's Bill Champion crawling down on the pit road very slowly. We'll wait for an official rundown after all of these cars have come in and moved back on this beautiful two-mile speedway. If you have never seen... Grand National Racing on a super speedway and here in the Texas area, by all means, plan to get here in December. This has to be just about the most competitive track ever built. It is just super fantastic. Here is car number 42, Marty Robbins, the country singer, out of Franklin, Tennessee, bringing his Dodge in. Marty was running very strong and a real race between James Hilden and Benny Parsons, the teammates in the pop cola cars who've been swapping sheet metal this afternoon and banging each other around the track. They're now on pit road. Benny down to our right, James Hilton on our left. Let's go to Jerry Smith. Right now, we've still got Elmo Langley, car number 64, in the pits. He has a broken water pump at this moment. Not too optimistic about getting back in the race. Back to you, Ken. They're showing as leader with 43 complete, Bobby Isaac. The pit stops are continuing here. This is the point where they come in for fuel. And here is a rundown at 40 laps. The 40-lap rundown had four cars running the lead lap, and that was where the pit stops began. Cecil Gordon now coming in. Walter Ballard is on pit road. The Texas driver. It was Teddy in front, Allison Chevrolet in second, Joe Fasson in third, and Isaac in fourth. Isaac had been the first to come in to take on fuel and rubber. 
Then running in fifth, the lap back was James Hilton with sixth, Benny Parsons, seventh, Larry Smith. Running eighth was Cuckoo Marlin, ninth was Jackie Oliver, and tenth was Cecil Gordon. Here's Jackie Oliver now pitting the junior Don Levy car. We still have a race there, uh, in and out of the pits with uh, James Hilton and Benny Parsons. They both came in together, and they both dropped about the same time off the jacks, and down the pit road they went. They're still uh, busy at it. James Hilton is sharing some of the petty crew today, and Eddie Allison is working with him on that automobile. And a lot of these guys are grouping up to assist in pit stops. Les Colby, Richard Childress, and Cuckoo Marlin have all contributed two men each to put together one good crew, and they are pitting those three automobiles, Childress, Cuckoo Marlin, and Les Colby from Paris, Ontario, Canada. Speaking of Cuckoo Marlin, who has been running up in the eighth position, his automobile is now on pit road, and it's right side rubber. The speed at 40 laps, 164.854. That is at the 40-lap rundown, 80 miles, and that is not a record, 164.854. They are still off the mark. Let's go on the backstretch where there's a car in trouble and pick him up, moving very slowly down the backstretch. Is one automobile, and it looks to be one of the Texas cars that might be coming down a little early. And that's Clarence Level, car number 61, Clarence Level of Houston, Texas. He's been running a strong race all afternoon. Too bad he, he might have to go behind the wall. We'll keep an eye on him. He's going to make it to the pits okay. He's got plenty of steam as he comes out of turn number three. Lead automobile is now Bobby Isaac and Richard Petty second, Allison third, Prasad fourth, and James Hilton going his fifth a lap down. They've had to pit under green. There has been no caution as yet on the speedway, and fewer cars than ever have dropped out. Car number seven, Dean Dalton of Asheville, North Carolina, now on pit road, and here's Dr. Faustino of Las Vegas, Nevada, the dentist, bringing his car in. Doing a little dental work on the front end of that automobile now. Limping in is the Clarence Lovell car, the great star of the Houston Speedway, Meyer Speedway in Houston, Texas. Car number four, Big John Sears of Ellaby, North Carolina, making his pit stop. The action continuing around the Speedway from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Wendell Scott of Danville, Virginia, has just fitted his automobile. So has Dick May of Brownsville, New York, and H.P. Bailey of Houston, Texas. Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, also is back on pit road. Car number 61 going down pit road and having trouble firing Clarence Lovell's automobile. I believe what the problem was there, Ken. I think he just ran it out of gas, and he's having a rough time getting the uh, start. They're pushing him off. Evidently, he does not have a primer tube where he can just push the gas in. Elmo Langley, late arrival at Riverside, gave him no points. Dick Brown started his car out there a week ago, and he is behind the wall already today. They're still working on his car, hoping to get Elmo back into the competition. Turn number two. Richard came out of the pits with a seven-second uh, lag uh, behind Bobby Isaacs. He now takes the lead as they go into turn number three. Isaacs is now on Petty's tail. Richard Petty riding out front of the STP Dodge right now. He's put about two car length separation between himself and Bobby Isaacs as they move into the west end of the speedway. They move into turn number four right now. Clear sailing down between them, and let's see if Isaacs is going to try and take the lead back. Bobby pulls up to about a car length as they move to the start-finish line. Again, Clarence Lovell is in the pits in car number 90. Jackie Oliver's car apparently broke one of the hood pins, and they're still working frantically on the hood of his automobile, which is directly behind the white and red number 06 of Neil Castle. Here's an interval for Marvin Patch. Five and a half seconds, all is separating uh, the two Dodgers and Allison. So looks like Allison's gaining here a little bit. This so that's time. five and a half seconds between the third and fourth place car, and 18 and a half between fourth and fifth. That's how we 
have it now. 18 and a half between fourth and fifth. Jackie Oliver goes back into the automobile race. We're showing 51 laps complete, 102 miles down with Richard Petty in front by less than a second over Bobby Isaac as they scream out of turn number four and complete 52 laps, 104 miles down for those front two automobiles. The third place car, Allison, now coming by and we'll check the interval again to see if he's catching that Chevrolet up with those two Dodge automobiles. Heavy traffic still on the speedway. Fourth place automobile now coming down out of the turn. And we have another car moving on a pit road. Neil Castle's stop on pit road seems to be a lengthy one. They're spraying water. They're hosing down the front of Neil's car, number 45. Leroy Yarborough is retiring. Leroy Yarborough in the Porter Ford, prepared by Bill Seifert of Skyland, North Carolina, is out of the race. Leroy Yarborough going behind the wall. Looks like the rabbit got the best of that deal, Ken. Leroy Yarborough beaten by a jackrabbit today, which jumped right up in the front of the automobile, and Leroy gets one rabbit for his effort at Texas World Speedway in the 500 today. A bad break for one of the greatest drivers in the history of this sport. On the backstretch, it's still Petty and Isaac going at it. They come around a complete 53 laps this time. They'll have gone 106 miles. What a bad break for Leroy Arborough, who's been trying awfully hard to pull it together, and it's just not his day this day. Leroy Arborough now out of the race, just after making the 100-mile mark in the event. Leroy retiring. We said to him the other day that things seem to be going better all the time. You know, the harder you work, it seems like you can get everything really working for you, so that's what we're doing right now. We're working. Where'd you find that hat? Uh, I give one of these Mexican guys two bucks to go down to one of these stores, and I told him he could sell them out here for ten dollars a piece if he had them at the racetrack, and he brought about ten and sold them, so he was happy. <laughs> the hats have become the vogue here, and they get to the beach with those hats. They're going to be stars, all of them. Interesting brims. Down the main straightaway comes Cecil Gordon, Joe Frisson still right in there battling, and heavy traffic. Here's Richard Childress being passed inside and outside as he came across the line. Les Kobe's car, the Canadian car, is now on pit road. Here is James Hilton coming by with Larry Smith attached right to his rear bumper. Richard Petty out in front and pulling away by now six car length. That's the biggest lead he's enjoyed today. Bobby Isaac still holding on to second place with Bobby Allison running a strong third and fourth is Joe Frisson. Frisson coming in here with a fresh engine and all ready for the beach as well. Let's wish him well today and that whole crew. Joe Frisson of Golden Valley, Minnesota, running in fourth position. 53 laps down, working the 54th at the present time. Petty still in front, Fritz Duda. We've been watching Richard Petty here as he slowly uh, lengthens his lead, uh, Ken Squire, over Bobby Isaacs as they came out of the pits. There was a seven second differential and as we watch him here, he gains just about a half a second a lap. Now Isaac's moving up as they come down here into turn number one, but uh, Richard s seems to have just more of the horses after that pit stop as they come around here, Ken. Battle not only between two great drivers, Bobby Isaac and Richard Petty, but between two great crews, the Harry Hyde crew and Dale Inman and company, battling here in the pits today to get those cars serviced and back in this race. Two Dodge automobiles, the STP Dodge of Richard Petty and the K&K Dodge of Bobby Isaac running those front two positions. Marvin Page. I'd like to add something to the Harry Hyde or K and K pit We crew. have a blown engine. A blown engine in turn one. It looks to be Marty Robbins. It is Marty Robbins in turn number one. He blows an engine going into turn number one. He's down low in the groove. Oil on the track, though. Oil on the track as he comes down here. Lots of white smoke billowing out from behind that maroon and iridescent green 
Carr as he comes down into the infield, down below turn number two. Marty Robbins is retired for the day. He pulls in into the traffic area. Some oil down low in the groove. Ken, back to radio control. Yellow is on the speedway. Caution out for the first time today. It comes in the 56th lap as they complete 56. Caution is out as Tiny Lund goes on the pit road. Yellow is on the track for the first time in the race. Just to finish up what I had to say about the Harry Height crew, out of seven men, they only have three that aren't crippled up, either with bad backs or or jumping off diving boards and getting hit in the chin and things like that. Harry says he, by the time he gets to the beach, he hopes he has some of his men left. Under caution for the first time in the Lone Star 500 from Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. A bad break for Richard Petty. He just came into the pits. He missed his pits and spun completely around. He's 180 degrees backwards on pit road, faced right nose to nose against Bobby Isaac's car. They did not come in contact. Here's Isaac coming back on the track. He has an advantage here. Here's Isaac coming out. Allison is in for tires. We are under caution at Texas World Speedway. Here's Richard Petty getting turned around, and he's coming back out. Richard Petty spinning as he came down pit road and showering gasoline behind as he moves down and goes out onto the track. There's a hole down on the end of pit road. Petty catching up with Isaac. Here's Isaac's can't get out here in turn number one. The pit uh, exit has a stop sign up. Now he lets Richard and Isaacs out, but he had them all locked up here. James Hilton and Bobby Isaacs and Richard Petty, because of the traffic, he would not let them out on the track. Ken and Richard Petty now made up that differential as they came out here under the yellow. Along pit row, I have uh, Leroy Yarbrough, who was out just a few moments ago, caused by a jackrabbit of all things. What happened out there? Well, you know, we was running pretty good. We was running along in fifth place, and that little jackrabbit tried to outrun me that first lap. And uh, he made it out of the way, and then the second time I came by, he didn't make it. You know, I got the feeling so bad about it, I just parked the car. <laughs> well, was there was there any kind of a feeling as far as impact is concerned, even an object that small? Well, actually, I hit the rabbit, but that wasn't what happened. I believe the engine broke a push rod or a valve. It went to miss, and so we went ahead and put it behind the wall. Looking forward to Daytona, though. Oh, certainly. The car was running real good here, and the heat really surprised me because it's not near as hot as we thought it was going to be. Good. Let's go back to the tower in Ken Squire. One of the greatest, Leroy Arborough, Columbia, South Carolina, out with jackrabbit problems. Marty Robbins exploded an engine in the 56th lap and brought out, or in the 55th for him, brought out the caution for the first time in the race. Marty hasn't had the best of luck here of recent. The other day in practice, he had some problems. Marty Robbins will be with us in just a moment to talk about that as Dave Marcus comes out on the speedway. Richard Brooks comes out. Jabe Thomas. Here's Joe Frisson. Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama coming out. Jackie Oliver has been in for rubber. He's coming back out as well as Benny Parsons' automobile. We are still under caution at Texas World Speedway. After with one more lap and then the caution will be brought in and green flag will be out once again. During that rush of pit stops, Bobby Allison took on four tires, while Isaac and uh, Petty took on their usual change, uh, I think three on one and two on the other. And Petty's car was sitting backwards in the pit, and when he came in, there is some water from everybody cooling down the radiators, and he locked up a rear wheel and spun around. But it didn't hurt him now, it just messed up the routine of the pit crews. They had to run around the opposite side of the car. So he got off in good shape, so everybody's uh, ready to go here. David Ray Boggs and Larry Smith are now pitting. We have apparently one more lap under yellow, and then they will be underway. Marty Robbins on what has been happening to him since he's been here. No, you know, I just noticed that a big, long run run across the, the shattered. You know, I thought it was a, a, was a jet somewhere, you know, <laughs> way off in the distance. And I looked, you know, it was a, just a big white 
The thing went right, ran across the windshield. I said to myself, it's a mighty fast jet. <laughs> Bobbins thought he saw a jet going up over the second turn. There was a crack in the windshield, and he had to miss a whole morning's practice while he ran in town to put another windshield in that Dodge automobile. The pit stops are continuing. Edna Gree is in. Here is Richard Brooks of Porterville, California, Jay Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, and Petty is back in taking on left side rubber. Right behind him is Cecil Gordon, and the Petty crew is sharing time with Cecil Gordon's crew this afternoon. I may have told you incorrectly a moment ago, James Hilton, that was wrong. They're sharing the, the pits with the Collins and Aikman car. A couple of the Petty crew trying to help Cecil Gordon here this afternoon, who's been running so well in the Grand National standings. Currently, he's number two in the second leg of the Winston series, and he is number five overall in the Winston Grand National Series for 1972. Cecil Gordon of Horseshoe, North Carolina, now back on the speedway. David Ray Boggs is also pulling out. We have for you a 60-lap rundown, 120 miles, showing Petty as the leader, Isaac in second, Dodge Automobiles one and two, the Chevrolet of Bobby Allison third, Joe Frisson running fourth. Then running fifth, a lap back was Benny Parsons in the car number 72, the Pop Cola Mercury. Running the sixth spot was the Ford of Larry Smith, Lenore, North Carolina. Running seventh was Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee in a Chevrolet. Running eighth was James Hilton driving the Ford of the Pop Cola team. Running ninth at that time was car number 45, which was Leroy Yarborough, now out of the race. And running in the tenth position was car number two. The number two showing up for the first time today, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Bobby Isaac has again been in the pits, taking on right side rubber again. That's a good break that's on the caution. Evidently, he got one out of balance because he came in the second time, took on left side tire, and evidently there's something wrong with that the first set of tires he put on, so he did change right side again. We pause now for station identification. Marty Robbins' car, which brought out the first caution in the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway, has now been evacuated from the first turn area, brought around. It's down in turn number three, way up on the grass, and the pit stops continue for Wendell Scott, for Clarence Lovell, Frank Warren, Neil Castles, all pitting their automobiles. Here's car number 32 coming in. That's Jimmy Witt, California racer. Joe Fersan. A week ago, two weeks ago, when we saw him in Michigan, we did not expect to see him here. He wasn't coming to Riverside. He had engine trouble and wasn't expected to be back for a while. We asked Joe how he got to Texas. Joe Frisson with us in just a moment here. Ken, let me interrupt you here at turn number one. The pit exit is blocked down here. Car number eight, Edna Greer, Concord, North Carolina, came down the pit ex uh, steward, the exit steward here at pit exit road came out with a stop sign. It was go. He changed it to stop as Negre tried to exit pit lane. He did a 180-degree turn, and he's broadside in the pit exit down here, arguing with the pit steward, hands going up and down, screaming back and forth. The pit steward now has the go sign up as the car is exiting. Car number 25 now coming around. Jabe Thomas of Christian Bird, Virginia. Now the tow truck out here right in the middle of the pit exit. Negri still having it out with the pit steward, not happy at all as he came down here, tried to get back out on the track, reaches in now and gets his helmet, throws his helmet, jams it down through the window, and they're back in the car up now manually, the uh, 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 tow truck coming up to get Negri's car. He is a very, very unhappy man here at Texas World Speedway. 
Joe Frisson's automobile we were talking about. He was running so well up in fourth spot, and let's find out how he did get to Texas. Well, we just about didn't make it down here. If it wouldn't have been for a couple of good people to help us out with some money to get an engine together, we wouldn't have been here. Who helped you? Uh, one of the fellows back home uh, has got a business back home, and he had heard on the radio that Michigan was probably going to be our last race unless we got some help, and he just wrote us a check to help get an engine going. Some pretty good people around racing, aren't there, Joe? There sure are. Joe Frisson of Golden Valley, Minnesota. Let's go back to Fritz Duda for more on Edna Green's situation down here at the end of Pitt Road. We can expect that yellow condition to stay out, I think, Ken, because of the condition on Pitt Exit. The steward now running out, and he's got the sign up in the uh, that says go. Uh, we can't help but comment that he waves with his hand saying go on the one hand, and his Negri come out, uh, came out of the pit row. He was waving him on. And then he turned the sign around, the red side of the sign, which said stop. Negray hit the brakes, did a 180, spun sideways, and could not get the car started again. Part of the front car came in contact with the interior uh, pit exit wall here. Negray is now sitting on the back of the tow truck. Uh, the tow truck now pulling the car out of the uh, pit road. Uh, steward motioning back on. Negree had a, a healthy argument with his steward. He's not very happy at all. He turns around and gives him a little more of his mind as they go through into the interior behind Pitt Road. Back to radio control. That ought to be a very interesting interview for Jerry Smith momentarily here at the Texas World Speedway. Leading NASCAR driver Bobby Allison isn't about to let Andy Granatelli get one filter up on him. I race against Andy Granatelli's STP cars all the time. But when it comes to oil filters, I'm racing with Granatelli all the way with his STP double oil filter. It's a filter and a filter for more engine protection. The way I figure, if you can't beat them, join them. The STP double oil filter. Not just a single filter, but a filter in a filter to double clean your oil. If you don't have a real good oil filter... Junior Johnson, champion stock car builder, tells why he's so choosy about oil filters. Keep the dirt out of all it. It's just a real important thing to have a good oil filter on. And the oil filter takes the biggest beating, I'd say, of any one part of the accessories on the engine. We're using the STP oil filter. The STP double oil filter. Not just a single filter, but a filter in a filter to double clean your oil. Edna Grease Carnival 8 is being brought back. Edna Grease Carnival 8 back behind the wall after problems coming down pit road on a sign. Here's car number eight being brought back to the garage. You just heard from Junior Johnson a moment ago. Junior, of course, getting ready to go to Daytona Beach next week to run that 400 miler. And we asked one of the great champions of NASCAR racing, now the car builder of Bobby Allison's fast and fleet Chevrolet, how he liked a 400 mile race like next Tuesday at Daytona Beach as compared to a 500. Well, I like a shorter race anytime you, the odds are you're going to finish a race uh, if it's short and the long races are, you sort of have to give up speed to be able to finish the long races, and I don't like to give up speed. That's for sure. Junior never did like to give up speed, and his cars have always run right up there in front. Bobby Allison is currently running in the front position after this rash of pit stops we've had at Texas World Speedway. We're showing Allison, the Junior Johnson prepared Chevrolet in front with second place Joe Frisson's car number 18, third Richard Petty, fourth number 71 Bobby Isaac, and fifth number 72 Benny Parsons a lap down. Number 48 James Hilton is in for additional service on his automobile. A busy hot day here at Texas World Speedway. It's been a real tumbler.
reason for Allison leading at this time, uh, on pit stops, Allison took on four tires, if you remember, his first and only stop under the caution, and both Petty and Isaac made two separate stops. So that's the reason for the difference in positions on the racetrack. At the Texas World Speedway, I think we're getting ready for green. We'll be going back under green shortly here. The Texas 500 Sunday, December 3rd. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. It's going to be another dandy race. Bill France Sr. is here with us for just a moment. Haven't seen you for a day or two, sir. How you doing? Great race here today. Well, I've been doing pretty good, Ken. I've been up in Washington, and I visited our great friend, Governor Wallace, and he's listening to the broadcast. He says, give all those folks down there in Texas and all over the country my best. Okay, Bill. Looks like we've got a great race here, and, of course, next week, the biggest Independence Day celebration in America will be down there at Daytona. Well, we're way ahead on advanced ticket sales, and I know that we're going to have a, the biggest crowd ever. For sure. We're just about ready to go back under green, and we hope to get a chance to talk with Bill France again momentarily. Unless you want to do the play-by-play -play for a minute here with they come down. Here we have car number 12, Bobby Isaac, out in front. 44 cars started. Bill France Sr. from Daytona Beach, Florida, who is the Grand Marshal for today's race. Out in front as they go into turn number one is Bobby Allison. Allison taking that lead into turn number one. Joe Frisone running second. Richard Petty now going to make a move on Frisone as he goes into the inside. Coming out of turn number two, Petty right up behind him unless a half a car length separate Frisone uh, and Petty. Petty now on the inside as they go into three. What a charge by Richard Petty as they move into turn number three. Sweeps to the inside, moves around Joe Frisson, and now Richard Petty has his sights set on Bobby Allison in the Coke machine as they move to turn number four. Allison comes down, swings it out against the wall. Petty now maybe ten car lengths behind as he's picking up speed and gaining on him as they head to you, Ken Squire. Here comes Richard Petty on the move. Petty pulling up on Allison. Joe Frisson running third. And Bobby Isaac having to make up some time now. Swings under Jackie Oliver, goes under Tiny Lund in turn one. Into turn number one, it's Richard still some maybe 10, 12 car lengths behind Bobby Allison. Allison now running in first place, Petty in second, Joe Frisone in third. As they go around turn number two, Petty trying to make a move as he goes down that back straightaway, slowly but surely inches up on Bobby Allison as they're into turn number three. Into turn number three, and Petty has cut it from maybe 10 car length separation down to about five now. Allison is bound to see him moving up in that rear view mirror, and Richard Petty has the charge on the Coke machine. Down they come into turn number four. Allison moving away, and Petty tightening the gap as they come to the start-finish line. Richard is about three car lengths behind. 142 of 500 miles complete, and here comes Petty charging onto the back end of Bobby Allison's Chevrolet. Into turn number one, Petty left puts it, trying to get that lead away from that beautiful red and gold. Coca-Cola Chevrolet of Bobby Allison as they come around turn number two. Richard now goes to the inside as it goes down the back straightaway. It's now three, now maybe two car lengths as they go into turn number three. Richard's going to make a move on Bobby Allison. Petty at this rate should be catching Allison as they come back by that start-finish line. Allison down in the low groove this time. Richard rides a little bit high. Maybe two car lengths separate him, and Joe Frisson is doing a great job. He's only about five car lengths behind, running in third position. Petty moves it up. He's less than a car length behind now as he charges on Allison as they move to turn one. Chevrolet in front, Dodge in second as they complete 73. It's now Bobby Allison in front. Richard Petty hangs right to him, and here comes Joe Fasano in a three-car battle. Three cars between turn number one and turn number two. Allison, Petty, and Fasano as they come out of turn number one. 
turn number two, rather, Richard Petty now goes to the inside. He's going to try to make that move on Bobby Allison as they go down the back straightaway, but Frisson is right behind Petty as they go into three. Joe Frisson is hooked on to Richard Petty's draft, and now Frisson is coming down underneath Richard Petty. He's less than a car length behind. Just about a car length separates the first three positions. The Coke machine is the leader. Richard Petty in the STP Dodge. Here's Petty to the inside, and Richard's got a door post, a door post battle as they move to Ukin. As they come around to complete 74, Richard Petty has the lead in the STP Dodge. Allison in second, Frisson at third, and they're tight. And here comes Isaac. He's cleared out of all the lap cars. He's running the fourth just a second down. Texas World Speedway is where it's happening today and where it will happen again on December the 3rd in the Texas 500. At the Texas World Speedway, we're seeing tremendous action today. And Sunday, December 3rd, they're back here once again. Texas World Speedway, two miles of great action. It's considered by the drivers the most competitive speedway upon which they race. And in December, these same great superstars will be back here with Dodge, Chevrolet, Ford, Plymouth, Mercury Automobiles battling on this beautiful racetrack. We hope you can be with us to enjoy tremendous action December 3rd at Texas World Speedway. That's Sunday, December 3rd. And if you're a Texan and have never seen the world's fastest two-mile super speedway, plan to be here to enjoy it Sunday, December 3rd. You can write for ticket information to Texas World Speedway, door AO, College Station, Texas. I'll give you that address again for Texas World Speedway and the Texas 500 Sunday, December 3rd. It's Texas World Speedway, door AO, College Station, Texas. Out in front here in the Lone Star 500 at College Station, Texas, is car number 43, Richard Petty. Action in turn one as Joe Frisson has now passed Bobby Allison for uh, second place. Allison now drafting him, trying to get second place back as they come around here. Allison right on his tail. They actually meshed a little metal as they came around in into turn number one, but Joe Frisson now running in second pace. Back to the tower. And let's go on pit road to Jerry Smith. I have in the pits with me now Marty Robbins, who's had a long walk back. Marty, what happened? Well, I had a, the left front blow out just as I was coming into turn four. And it, was, it went up too late to get into the pits, and I couldn't get slowed down until it went to pieces. And uh, it hit the oil line and the uh, radiator hose, and it broke. Marty, you did well in qualifying. How about the track conditions today? Well, uh, it was... Uh, Kind of hot out there, I guess, some of them, but I hadn't really worked up too much of a sweat yet because I hadn't been running the car near as hard as I had been in qualifying, and I had real good oil pressure, and uh, oil was down about 240 or 250, and the water temperature was about a, oh, close to 200, so it was really in good shape, and, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things, I guess. Okay, on. Marty, we'll see you in Daytona. Back to the tower in Ken Squire. We still have a tremendous race going on in front is Petty. It is Joe Frisson in second, Bobby Allison right behind him in third, and Bobby Isaac has been pulling up. Here comes Elmo Langley back in the race. He's been out for a lot of laps, and he is coming back on the track as Neil Castles goes behind the wall. Neil Castles is now retiring car number 06. Neil Castles is out of the race. Sophie Castles takes his car back, so he will load up and head for Daytona Beach, Florida, where they'll race on Tuesday, the 4th of July. Lead automobile, Petty, and we'll get the interval between first and second spot. This time by, they show 78 laps complete. 78 complete here, 156 miles down, working on lap number 79. It's Richard Petty, all-time Grand National winner, who's already collected over $100,000 this season. 
He and Bobby Allison have made that mark thus far in the Grand National Tour, which is making its 16th meet here at College Station, Texas, this afternoon. 17th will be at Daytona the 4th of July, and the 18th meet will be at Larry Carrier's Great Track in Bristol, Tennessee, on July the 9th. It's a two-second separation between the first and second place runners, between Petty and the Chevrolet, the Coca-Cola car of Bobby Allison. Third, Joe Frisson. Fourth is Isaac and fifth, Benny Parsons. Lead automobile with a two-second advantage, Petty. We have another car on pit road. Pulling down there now is D.K. Ulrich of Monroe, North Carolina, the A1 auto parts car. 70-lap rundown. Looked like this. Allison then in front. Petty in second. Persone in third. And fourth was Isaac. The speed at uh, 70 laps was 141.216 miles per hour. That was at 70 laps, and that is well off the record established by Buddy Baker back in 1969. Running in fifth spot at 70 laps, 140 miles. Benny Parsons, a lap down. Then in the sixth position was Cuckoo Marlin. Running seventh was James Hilton. Eighth was Cecil Gordon. Running the ninth position was the car number 92 of Larry Smith. And running in tenth was car number 73 being driven by Richard Brooks of Spartanburg, South Carolina. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Bobby Isaac is flat cannon it down. He's the fastest thing on the racetrack at the present time. The holder of world records at Bonneville and at Talladega, Alabama has screamed through automobiles to move into second place, but he's being challenged right now in turn two in lap number 80. As they come around turn number two, Frisone and Allison right up behind Isaacs again. Isaacs running in second position. Allison and Frisone follow him right into turn number three. Bobby Isaacs, who was almost a straightaway behind the leaders a moment ago, is really getting it on. As Ken Squire said, he's probably the fastest car on the track right now. He's beginning to pull away a little bit from Allison. There should be not too much of a se second separation between himself and Richard Petty as he has his sights set on Richard as they move to turn number one. 31 laps complete, and that's the story. A rather a three-second lead for Richard Petty, and that is the story. He's trying to close on him now, and we're showing... 82 complete. That is 82 complete and working the 83rd lap with Richard Petty in front. It is Isaac in second trying to break away from Bobby Allison's Chevrolet. Break that draft and get some advantage. And he seems to be doing it going down into turn number three. Right now he's moving up again and Isaacs is getting around some of the slower traffic but hanging on to the draft is Allison and Presson and a two or three car draft will run better normally than just a single car and that's exactly the case here right now as Isaacs breaks off turn four and continues to close the gap on Richard Petty. The three second advantage belongs to Petty, Isaac in second and here is a two car draft being enjoyed by Joe Presson in fourth and Bobby Isaac running in third and Presson begins to look brave going down the inside in turn one. We've been watching back uh, back in the pack as they come across the start-finish line all day long here. Jimmy Hilton and Larry Smith have been locked up in a draft, and now Jackie Oliver joins them as those three cars back running about 6th, uh, 7th, 8th position as they come down here into turn number one now. Uh, Jackie Oliver now gets by Larry Smith. Uh, Oliver now drafting Jimmy Hilton as they go into turn number one. Back to radio control. We'll continue to check the interval between first and second place. Here's Petty's Dodge coming across, and Isaac's Dodge, Marvin Patch. We've been checking the last couple of laps here, Ken. Uh, Petty seems to be holding a three-and-a-half-second lead over Isaac, but both those cars are stretching the lead between the second and third-place cars. They're getting away from uh, Allison and Persson. So they're both running about the same speed. Uh, the two Dodges are 
both running very, very much the same speed, so we'll have to see here. We'll keep a close eye on it. It's a real battle up in front as Bobby Isaac continues to be a contender to win this race for the second time. He and Petty are both previous winners here at Texas World Speedway and both trying to... Joe Frisson in trouble up in turn number three. Frisson gets a little crossed up, almost went around and did a 180, but got the car under control, puts it back in the center groove and brings it on around. Tremendous piece of driving for Big Joe. He almost had tragedy there right in the middle of turn three, but he comes on across the start-finish line. Back to you, Ken. The cement man from Golden Valley, Minnesota, in trouble, and he's come off the pace considerably now. 80-lap rundown, 160 miles, with Petty in front, Isaac in second, Allison in third, Prasad in fourth. A lap back in fifth, Benny Parsons. Then running in the sixth position, Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, in a Chevrolet. Running in seventh spot is James Hilton. Running in eighth spot is Larry Smith. Running ninth is Dave Marcus, and running tenth is Cecil Gordon. So the big move made in the race continues to be that done by the 14 automobile of Cuckoo Marlin, who started 21st in the automobile race. Cuckoo now running in the sixth position. Marvin Patch. Uh, Petty has stretched the lead out to four seconds now at this time, Ken, and Allison, since he got rid of Prasan up there in that little slide, is trying to get back with, uh, with Isaac and, and take advantage of his draft. He's trying real hard. He's just been diving in the corners, doing his best to catch him. Bobby Isaac playing catch-up against Richard Petty here at Texas World Speedway, working the 86 lap, 86 lap of the race. In the pits, this is Jerry Smith with Neil Sophie Castles. Sophie, what happened out there today? I think we lost the head gasket. We ran temperature got pretty hot on it, and uh, this is the first time I've ever had any temperature problem with this car, so I'm sure that it's, it's a head gasket or something to water circulate. Could the heat of the day have made a difference to you? I don't think so. We run in this kind of weather a lot. I don't think the heat's bothering anybody. It really didn't bother me. I think it's a nice racetrack. I enjoy running on it. I'd like to run all day here. Okay, Sophie Castles, another car casualty. Back to the tower, Ken Squire. Sophie Castles won the consolation race. They had a 24 consolation race yesterday, and Sophie won it. And Tiny Lund came all the way from the rear from about 24th position and finished in second right behind him. It was a hair-raising 10-lapper. 143.820 mile-per-hour average for 80 laps, 160 miles. The record was established by Buddy Baker in 1969 at 167.490. So there's no crack in a new record here at this mark today at Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. You at the Texas World Speedway where right now it is Richard Petty in front, Bobby Isaac in second, and Jackie Oliver has just retired. The English driver in the Junior Don Levy car has just gone back behind the wall. Jackie Oliver's machine is out of contention for this day. The battle continues to be up in front with a first-place automobile. Still, Richard Petty and the second-place automobile continuing to be Bobby Isaac. And the interval remains three seconds between the first and second-place runners. Dick May is on pit road. The hood is up on his automobile. The attrition rate is down some, I believe, isn't it, from what we've had before? Let's check with our statistician, Bob Latford. How many cars now out of the race? Checking the sheet, and we're showing eight automobiles down. Eight down at 80 laps, and that is not a record either way. Cars out with a total 11. That's the least number thus far. We've had eight cars out. Here are the cars retiring. Edna Gree is coming back on the track, so we're down to seven cars out of the race. Edna Gree is back in action in car number eight. 
Bill Shirey is out. Ron Kozlowski, Anderson is out. Johnny Anderson from California. Leroy Arborough has retired. Marty Robbins blew an engine to bring out the first caution of the race, which was out for nine laps. Neil Castle's out of the race, and Jackie Oliver has also retired from the Lone Star 500 today. 90 laps, 180 miles are now complete. That's the fewest number of cars. A total of cars out at this point, seven automobiles. In 1969 at this time, there were 10 cars out, and last year there were 11 cars out. There was no race here in 1970. Still petty in front. Dr. Faustino of Las Vegas, Nevada, has brought car number five back on pit road, and their servicing the automobile doesn't look like tires. It's just a matter of cooling the car down. They're putting the water hose to the radiator on that car to try to give that one a little break in this heat this afternoon at Texas World. Front running car, Richard Petty, going down into turn number three. Petty's got the track all to himself. He's been moving real well through turns three and four. Even when he was in heavy traffic, he maneuvers anywhere he wants to. This is an easy track to drive. It's so wide, as we commented earlier in the race. I'm just standing here thinking, Ken, what a great tribute to the mechanics and pit crews, the work they've done on the engines to put these cars out here and run them 7,000 RPMs at full bore like they've been doing all day and have as few equipment break as we have this afternoon. Fantastic job by the drivers and pit crews. Let's go back to the tower. As he was in 1971, here in 1972, Richard Petty is leading at 90 laps, 180 miles. It's Richard Petty in front with Bobby Isaac this time in second. And both of them hoping to come through with a victory today. They have both won here previously. If Isaac should win, it would mean the fifth different winner in as many races on the Grand National Circuit of NASCAR. Last week at Riverside, California, Ray Elder, the great West Coast driver, winning at Riverside for the second time. A fantastic race for him as well as for Benny Parsons, who plays second in that event. Still, it is the Chevrolet of Allison in third, Joe Prasad in fourth, and Benny Parsons today is running in fifth spot in the Pop Cola Mercury Automobile. 92, working 93 laps here this afternoon with Petty in front. We asked Dale Inman what was the preparations they were going through this morning when they got here at 6.30 and went to work. We try to look the car. We went through the car pretty good, but the race morning we'll go through and look and see if everything's still in all intact and check a few bolts that the ones that are critical about coming loose. And uh, but we're in, we think we're in pretty good shape for the race. But everything that can be checked, we've done checked, and we'll double check again tomorrow on a few of the items. That's how they do it, and that's how they win races. Dale Inman, the cousin of Richard Petty and crew chief on the automobile, which is currently running in first, maintaining. A three-second advantage over second place, Bobby Isaac. And we'll check that interval again right now with Marvin Pang. This is rare, uh, something very rare you'll see. There's four and a half seconds separation between first and second, and also four and a half seconds between second and third. So they're evenly split up there, Ken. Dropping another second and a half behind the front running car. The latest report on interval is Bobby Isaac's automobile. Here is Henley Gray of Rome, Georgia, pitting his car, the Ford Thunderbird, and D.K. Ulrich of Monroe, North Carolina, in the A1 Auto Parts car. A Ford is also pitting, and both cars now go back to the garage. D.K. Ulrich in car number 40 and car number 19, Henley Gray, the Thunderbird, have both pulled out of the Lone Star 500 here at the Texas World Speedway at the same time in what the leaders are showing as their 93rd lap of competition. 
competition still mighty strong. Allison still running a strong third place this afternoon. We asked Bobby what they were doing to be competitive against these sleeker Dodge automobiles. Well, massaging the chassis a little bit. We know we've got all in the engine that we can get, I guess. Uh, Junior's looked after that personally, and uh, I guess we're as much as we can get engine-wise, so now we're trying uh, to smooth the chassis out a little. That's Bobby Allison, third place runner in the Coke machine here at the Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Texas World Speedway is where the Grand National Ranks of NASCAR are displaying their tremendous driving ability today. Richard Petty is in the lead, Bobby Isaac in second, Bobby Allison third, Minnesota's Joe Frasson is fourth, and Michigan's Benny Parsons is running in fifth. On the board, we have Petty in front by what was four and a half seconds. Marvin, how does it stand now? Five seconds, Petty's gained just a little bit on Isaac. In the pits, I've got Jackie Oliver. Uh, Jackie, who's just about to take a bite of an apple. I've never seen a start quite as successful as you had today, Jackie. You must have passed 10 cars going into the second turn. Well, uh, the car ran very strongly. The engine we changed yesterday seemed to work very well for me. Anything that it didn't last the race. What happened, actually? Well, I think a piston flew. We are trying this new 429 combination engine, and we have experienced a considerable amount of piston problems, so I would imagine it was that. What's next on the agenda for Jackie Oliver and NASCAR racing? Same car, uh, perhaps a different engine, Daytona Beach next Tuesday. Very good. Jackie's got a plane to catch. I can also add, before we go back up, that right at the moment, Leroy Yarbrough is standing by to relieve Joe Frazan if needed. Back to the tower. It's Tuesday, the 4th of July, when Jackie Oliver next inches up the seat-belting Grand National Competition at Daytona Beach, Florida. Richard Petty now running out in front and stretching his lead at the moment over Bobby Isaac. That moment is the 96th lap of competition here this afternoon, which brings us down to 192 miles complete. They're working the 97th at the present time. Richard Petty is qualified on the pole the last two times out here for this race today, last week in Riverside, California. We asked Richard, had there been a shakeup in Randleman, North Carolina, as to why this car was now up on the pole? So far, no. We run it exactly the same as what we've been running. We're just trying to get rid of the little bugs and stuff that we had. We've got the same people doing the same jobs that we had this time last year and uh, five year before last. So uh, we're trying not to change anything. We just think that uh, you know, we'll work through a bad luck and then we'll be back going again. They're going strong right now, looking for their second win here at this speedway. Wendell Scott is now pitting car number 34, the Danville, Virginia. Elder statesman over 50 years of age and still in Grand National competition. And Almo Langley's automobile is also on pit road. The rundown has Petty, Dodge in front, Isaac Dodge in second, Chevrolet running third. Allison, fourth, Dodge, Joe Frasson, and fifth at the present time is Benny Parsons, Pop Cola Mercury. In the pits, this is Jerry Smith again. I've got D.K. Ulrich with me now. One of two cars that retired just moments ago. D.K., what happened? Well, uh, car ran pretty good all day. Uh, lost a piston just a little while ago. Does heat giving you any trouble out there this afternoon? Not too bad. I got my brother squirting a hose on me every 30 minutes in the pits. We're okay. Is that any kind of a shock on your system? You get that sudden surge of water on you when you're hot? No, it really feels good. Okay, back to the tower at Ken Squire. At Texas World Speedway, Richard Petty leading the Lone Star 500. We pause now for station identification.
Car number five, Doc Postino, Las Vegas, Nevada. His 70 Plymouth has just gone behind the wall. Car number five now out of competition. And car number eight, Ed Negri, is in for right side tires. Wendell Scott has returned to the automobile race, as has Elmo Langley of Landover, Maryland, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Front-running automobile, Petty in the Dodge. He won here a year ago in December, trying to win it again. Last week, he broke a crank at Riverside, California, hoping the car stays together and goes the distance. Today, give him victory number 146 on his victory scheme in Grand National Competition. He comes by and completes his 103rd, 206 mile of racing at Texas World Speedway on this track, which is banked, the configuration, the dogleg, everything on it seems just perfect for automobile racing. If you've never had a chance to enjoy this track and you live in this part of the country, we urge you to be here in December and see it. This is certainly the most competitive track upon which races are run. This in Michigan. And don't forget that it comes back in December, the Grand National Ranks of NASCAR. Coming down out of turn number four, lead automobile, Richard Petty, front runner, and he's coming up on six cars, six automobiles directly in front of him. As Petty comes across the line, he's up on about a 12-degree bank in the kind of a dog leg, keeps him up there, then down into 22-degree banking, which sweeps the cars around. 20 wide, 65 feet wide in the turns, and then out of a flat back straightaway, half mile long, and will whip them back up onto another 22 degree banking in turn number three. Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, is now pretty good. coming in the pits, Ken Squire. Joe Frisson coming in, and we'll keep an eye on him to see if he does take a relief driver. All right, Joe Frisson is in. Here's car number 18, and the Minnesota racer comes to a halt. Looking that car over, as you'll recall, he had it sideways. Could you, you could read the numbers on both sides here a little while ago up in the turn. And I think we have a change of drivers. Let's see. Leroy Yarborough is helping, and they're putting a hose on him. That is not a change of drivers. Leroy reached and grabbed around as if he was going for his gloves or something, but he's usually prepared for a thing like that. And he reached for the garden hose and sprays it on Joe Frisson. Frisson back on the speedway once again. 24 seconds, Ken. Leroy started over the guardrail, but he kept his foot on the guardrail because he didn't want to make too many men over the wall, and he was ready to jump in, but instead they just squirted Joe down, and he took off. So you might be watching this car because uh, they'll probably make a driver change uh, the next stop. We'll just have to wait and see. The pit board is out for David Ray Boggs of Morrisville, North Carolina. They want him on pit road from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Lead automobile, Richard Petty has just come out of pit road and he's taking on right side rubber and fuel. Right side rubber and fuel, they did not go to the left rear. This is not a three-tire change as they had done a couple of times previously today. Completing the job, and here is Petty back underway as he relinquishes the lead, gives it to Bobby Isaac in the K&K Dodge. The STP Dodge is back out in a hurry. Marvin Patch. 22 and a half seconds, Jim. Ronnie Chumley, the Texas driver in the Gordon Van Lue car number 35, is back on pit road. And Richard Brooks of Porterville, California, has come back out. Incidentally, Henley Gray, who went back in the garage area, is again out here and battling at the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway. Ken Squire, this is Barney Hall up in turn four. A.J. Foyt, probably one of the greatest all-time drivers in the world, sitting up here in one of the motor homes is a very interested spectator and AJ is here with me right now we're gonna put the headset on him and, and he wants to talk to you a second well I guess the question is AJ when are we going to see you back on a racetrack I know everybody in the country kind of wants to know the answer to that one yeah AJ when are you going to be back out in racing 
Well, Ken, it looks like it'll probably be, I hope to be ready for the Ontario 500, but we'll just have to wait and see how the cast and if they can get it off uh, pretty quick within about a month. I tell you, they sure miss you out here in NASCAR Grand National Racing. Ken, I really miss racing with these boys. They're probably some of the finest race drivers in the country, and indeed, it's a great honor just to race with them. And then I've had some good luck this year, and the brakes went my way, and I was lucky enough to win a couple of races, and it was really a great thrill for me. And uh, all the boys today were very nice and said they'd be glad when I'm back racing with them. Yeah, I bet they'll be glad to see you back, because that means they got to really fight for first place again. What about it, A.J.? Back here on December 3rd at Texas World Speedway, I think these folks in Texas would just love to see you race. Well, it's very possible, Ken, that uh, I will be here. Uh, I'm going to try everything and my power to be here. Uh, uh, it looks like there's going to be a full international race. and uh, I'm going to do everything in my power, like I say, to be here. The great A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, probably the greatest driver of our generation, who has to sit this one out and drive the pace car. What's that like, A.J., to drive a pace car instead of being out there on a race car? Well, I'll tell you, Ken, I'm probably dying more up here sitting on number four turn, as you can see. I can see the whole racetrack from the camper here, and it really hurts not to be able to be out there and be helpless like I am because uh, I just wouldn't be dead, I think, is have to be a, a cripple. Well, I will be sure to see you in the Cal 500, which will be broadcast on this network from Ontario, California. That ought to be a super race. But I don't care if it's a midget race in the Astrodome, the Daytona 500, or Indianapolis. When A.J. Foyt's there, you know you've got a race. Here right now, we've got a tremendous race for the front-running position. Isaac and Petty continue to get it on. Marvin Pants. While you were uh, talking with A.J., we had a, quite a race through the pit. Uh, both Isaac and Allison came in the pit, and Isaac's pit stop was 26 and a half seconds, but Allison beat him. In other words, he was trailing them as they came in, and he got out ahead of them, and they're on the racetrack now fighting it out. Junior Johnson crew doing a dandy job with Herb Nabb and Turkey Minton and the boys from Ronda, North Carolina. Captain America, Ray Williams, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, now pitting. Edna Gree is pitted, Frank Warren, Bill Champion, and Benny Parsons' car is on. And we've got a battle going in turn number three as the Grand National Stars of NASCAR get it on at Texas World Speedway. Barney Hall. Field coming down by with Hilton now pitting. Here is Isaac coming across, the third place runner, and right behind him is Allison, and they are running for position, going into turn one. Into turn one, it's Allison High, Allison High now comes to the inside, but Bobby Isaacs gets it on into turn number one, between one number one and number two, he, he pulls it out, about two, three car length lead now as Isaacs goes down the back straightaway. Allison right behind him. Allison pulling him now down the back straightaway as they go into turn number three in Barney Hall. Allison now about two, maybe three car lengths behind as they have clear sailing for maybe five, six hundred yards into turn number three. Isaac's getting it done. He's handled real great all afternoon. And here's Allison closing. Look at Allison move up. He is close to less than a car length as they come into turn number four. Allison rides it down against the wall, and Isaac pulls it towards the start-finish line, and you, Ken Squires. As they come across, Bobby Isaac by three car lengths over Bobby Allison. They wheel into turn number one and are using up a lot of racetrack as they move around some slower automobiles. It's the K&K Dodge between one and two, and it's the Coca-Cola Chevrolet of Bobby Allison as they come up through some traffic now. Slower car on the inside as Isaacs goes to the outside. Allison right behind him, maybe two, three car lengths separating those two cars down that back straightaway. Isaacs now pulls it, and Allison comes up as they go into three. The Coke machine chasing the K&K &K Dodge as they move to turn number three now. 
Isaac's running up on one of the slower automobiles. Where's he going to go? He gets up in the loose stuff momentarily, then pulls it back down. He almost got a little bit squirrely there, and he's going to be squeezed against the wall as they come off turn. David Boggs with the car, and Boggs moves over, and Allison manages to close it up, and Allison's on the inside of Isaac. Allison going right down the middle. David Ray Boggs was down low, and he gets around Isaac. The Chevy gets it on in turn one. Turn number one, Allison squeezes through just as they come into one between David Ray Boggs. Now he's got that lead over Bobby Isaacs as they come out at two. Isaacs goes to the outside now. Isaacs wants it back as they come down the back straightaway. Isaacs nose to tail with Bobby Allison. They're getting it on here at Texas World Speedway, and here goes the dodge around the outside as Allison moves to the inside groove. Bobby Isaac swings around and goes back into the number two position. Isaac's up in the center groove and again running up on some of the slower traffic as they come into turn number four. It worked to his disadvantage a moment ago, and Allison was able to swing around, but this time they move over and give him room, and there's about five car lengths separating the two as they move to UKIN. Walter Ballard of Houston, Texas, pits his automobile, and Isaac is again in front of Bobby Allison going into turn number one. We are in lap 116. The cars are working the 117th lap of the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway. Great hunker racetrack here in Texas. The 100 lap rundown went like this. Petty was in front, Isaac in second, Allison third, fourth was Joe Frisson, and fifth the lap back was Benny Parsons. Then two laps back, running in the sixth position was Cuckoo Marlin. And remember, Cuckoo's really been getting it on. He started 21st. Running in the seventh position was James Hilton. Eighth was Larry Smith with a great day going for him. Ninth was Dave Marcus, and running tenth was Flash Gordon. Here's Big John Sears of Elby, North Carolina, on pit road. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Dean Dalton of Asheville, North Carolina, that gold metallic silver car number seven, back in the race once again. Cecil Gordon is on pit road, getting some help from the Petty crew as well as his own. And boy, there's tremendous cooperation among these guys. They may bang the sheet metal pretty hard on each other while they're racing, but in the pits, tremendous help today. A report on that from Jerry Smith. We have a, a good deal of things happening down here, and the good sportsmanship we mentioned just moments ago is the fact that Leroy Yarborough, who has retired from the race, is not necessarily hedging for another ride, but he is hosing down Joe Frazan and Ben Arnold. He's taking turns in each of the pits to give those guys a little bit of a cooling. We report to you also that Henry Gray's T-Bird is skipping somewhat like he has a broken valve spring. They're going to check and try to get back in the race. Let's go back to the tower. Let's continue a review of positions, and Bobby Allison is back on pit road, and it's left side rubber being taken on that automobile. Left side rubber on Bobby Allison's car. 21 seconds, but Ken, that was on schedule. Evidently, uh, uh, while he needed left side rubber, it's all too. He had to come in and get it, but it was too quick for regular scheduled stuff. Let's review some of the positions behind the top 10. In 11th is Richard Brooks of Porterville, California. 12th is Frank Warren of Augusta, Georgia. 13th is Ben Arnold of... Fairfield, Alabama. 14th is Jabe Thomas, the Virginian. Running 15th at the present time is Jimmy Whit from California. Running 16th on the field is Ray Williams. Going 17th at the present time is the car number 77 with Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. 18th is Walter Ballard of Houston, Texas. And the 19th position is car number 91, Johnny Anderson of Lancaster, California. Lead changes, there have been several. We'll bring you up to date on those. There have been a total this year of eight. There were 11 and 69 and 14 a year ago. That was the all-time high for lead changes in this race. The 110 lap rundown had Petty's Dodge in front, Isaac's Dodge in second, 
Allison running third, and Joe Frasson in fourth. J.D. McDuffie just going back on the track. Running fifth, a lap back, Benny Parsons in the Pop Cola Mercury. Running in sixth was car number 14, Cuckoo Marlin, the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet. Then running three laps back was Larry Smith in the car number 92 from Lenore, North Carolina, the DeHart Motor Lines car. Running in eighth was James Hilton in the Pop Cola Ford. Running ninth was Cecil Gordon in the Collins and Aikman car. And showing 10th was Richard Brooks of Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the JW Trailer and Kemper car of Seattle, Washington. Those were the front 10 automobiles in the 110 lap rundown. We're now showing 122 laps complete. 122 complete, and there are no new speed records to be established here today. Incidentally, those speed records that were established in 1969 were established with the needle-nosed winged automobiles. That's when they still had the wing and back and the car with which Bobby Isaac went to the Bonneville Salt Flats, as well as established a one-lap record at Talladega, Alabama, at over 200 miles an hour, was the kind of the machine in which they were competing back in 69. Benny Parsons continues to have a great day today. He's currently running in the fifth position. Looking back on Benny this year, of course, he had a tremendous race at Daytona on the 500, placing fourth behind A.J. Foyt, Charlie Glotzbach, and Jim Vandiver this year. And then uh, coming down the line on Benny, He's had some other excellent finishes. He had a fifth place at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina this year. Then he had fourth place at Darlington earlier this year. He recorded a fourth place finish in the World 600 at Charlotte. And then last week, that second place finish is best for the Grand National Circuit at Riverside, California. And he's running the Pop-Cola Mercury right now in the fifth position and looking just terrific. Benny Parsons, the former great in ARCA, the Automobile Racing Club of America, who is having a run as part of the second echelon, not among the top runners in this circuit. And uh, he was really top dog in ARCA, and we kind of wondered if Benny ever wished he was back there still being the champion instead of having to run fourth or fifth of these great Grand National drivers. Not really, Ken, uh, because this is the supreme, the ultimate in stock car racing. There's no doubt that NASCAR is number one. Uh, there's not even a close number two. Uh, it's number one. And just being able to race with these people and the environment that you're around, it's fantastic. It's really great. So no, I have no regrets whatsoever. I have enjoyed myself in NASCAR immensely. I have no regrets for leaving ARCA and, you know, being a big fish in a little pond. Down here, you're a little fish in a big pond. I have no regrets. I'm just tickle to death to be able to compete with these people and try to beat them. Benny Parsons right now, Detroit, Michigan cab driver formerly, who lives in Ellaby, North Carolina these days while racing with Claims Detroit, is running in fifth position here today and doing just a great job. This is Jerry Smith in the pits to give you a brief report on Dick Brooks, car number 73, who has been behind the pit wall for about eight laps now, to report that the nuts actually came off and broke both right rear shock absorbers. A most unusual accident in racing. Back to the tower. Let's get the interval on first and second position, Marvin. 15 seconds, and Dave Marcus has uh, had some real long pit stops. I believe he's back out on the racetrack. He was in the garage area for a little while and is back out on the track once again. Remind you folks listening around the Motor Racing Network today to let your local radio stations know if you enjoy the Sportaman stock car racing from the various super speedways. Be sure to let those stations know you enjoy hearing the radio broadcast. We sure enjoy bringing them to you from wherever the cars are. Last week at Riverside, California, the week before in Michigan, today in Texas, and next, a week from Tuesday, 
down at Daytona Beach, Florida for the Firecracker 400, which ought to be a dandy automobile race. Buddy Baker's going to be there. And the boys from Patrick County, Virginia, the Wood Brothers, David Pearson will be on hand. Pete Hamilton, the 1969 winner at Daytona, is going to be there. And the Motor Racing Network will be there to bring it to you if you can't be in Daytona to enjoy America's greatest Independence Day celebration. Fourth of July, Daytona Beach, Florida, the Firecracker 400. The most complete listing of speedways ever compiled, available in this special radio offer. If you're a real racing fan, you must have the first edition of the Catalog of Speedways. Over 700 tracks are listed from Indianapolis to Devil's Bowl, from Daytona to Riverside. The new Catalog of Speedways is the race fan's Bible, and it's the first book of its kind ever printed. 160 pages of raceway information. Plan a racing vacation? The new catalog of speedways lists racetracks that are certain to be along your way. Most even have maps showing the location of each track, what nights they run, what kind of cars, who is the manager, and phone numbers. The new catalog of speedways is something you need. For your copy, send a check or money order for $350. That's $350 to Catalog of Speedways. Drawer S, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. That's 350 to Catalog of Speedways, Drawer S, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. On perhaps the most exciting super speedway that's ever been created, Texas World Speedway, Richard Petty of Randall, North Carolina, is leading by 15 seconds now over Bobby Isaac of Catawba, North Carolina, with third spot Joe Persson of Golden Valley, Minnesota, fourth spot Benny Parsons from with Bobby Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, and fifth Benny Parsons. On the rundown, the front three cars have now put a lap on the Chevrolet. That unscheduled stop by Bobby Allison for left side fires has put Bobby Allison a lap down on the front three. The big three at the summit this afternoon right now are Petty, Isaac, and Joe Frasad. Then comes Allison a lap back in fourth. Two laps back in fifth is Benny Parsons. Running in sixth spot is Cuckoo Marlin. Terrific day for Cuckoo, seventh spot is Larry Smith, eighth is James Hilton, ninth, Cecil Gordon, running 10th, and how about this, David Ray Boggs of Morrisville, North Carolina, former Grand American Rookie of the Year, and you just keep hoping that he and Dean Dalton and some of these other fine young runners, Ron Keselowski, get an opportunity to get it on because they're tremendous talents. They've come up off the short tracks in the bull rings of NASCAR, and they are terrific young drivers. They very well could be the superstars of tomorrow. 11th spot is now showing his car number 73. That automobile is Richard Brooks of Porterville, California, in the J&W trailer and camper car out of Seattle, Washington. Marvin? Well, you're, you're speaking of uh, David Boggs. Uh, I can't help but... Uh... Uh, wish him well because this boy is trying real hard and his dad is, is uh, on his pit crew and is his chief mechanic and these, uh, his dad really works super hard to, to keep David going and uh, I just, uh, they pit uh, or garage near the trailer the other this week and I kind of kept an eye on them they're really working hard along with the rest of the independents they're sure trying Car number 32 on pit road is Jimmy Witt, the California driver in the Barnacle Oil Car of San Diego, California, 1971 Ford Automobile. NASCAR Grand National Racing in Texas is just coming on strong here this afternoon. It's beautiful, and we hope you'll be here if you're not here today in December to see these great superstars in competition. Front running car, still the STP Dodge, Richard Petty. 
laying them down, picking them up, and holding on to a fairly healthy advantage over second place runner Bobby Isaac at the present time. That present time is 133 laps, 266 miles complete. The 130-lap rundown will be upcoming in just a moment here. Joe Frisson is driving a very good race in that John Green prepared car. We asked Joe, would he draft with the leaders in today's race? And how would he run those front-running automobiles? I think we can run with them the way we are now. Uh, I'll probably just sit back and ride comfortable. Uh, if I can draft with them comfortably without pushing my car too hard, I'll do that. If I feel I'm putting too much of a strain on the car, I may back off a little bit and run by myself, try to keep the car a little bit cooler. That was the plan of Joe Frisson, and that's the plan he drafted early in the race, and then when he began to think he was wearing on the automobile, he backed it off a bit, still running a very steady third position, and there's a lot of racing left here in Texas today. Ken, this is turn number one. Joe Frisson has just been lapped now by Richard Petty. Richard, just as we were listening to Joe talk about how he was going to draft, he got drafted by Richard Petty. Petty blew by him, now has a lap on Joe Frisson. For you folks in the eastern United States, the Grand National East with many of these same superstars will be racing on July 11th at the Albany Saratoga Speedway in Malta, New York. Then July 13th, they will appear at the Islip Speedway at Islip, Long Island. July the 27th, Grand National East will be at Columbia, South Carolina. July 29th at Ned Jarrett's Fine Track at Hickory, North Carolina. July 30th at Kingsport, Tennessee and August 11th at Winston-Salem, Bowman Gray Speedway at Winston-Salem. So there's some places where you can see Grand National East upcoming. Petty has now put a lap on the third place automobile. Isaac coming around to do same at the present time. Number 96, Richard Childress is back on pit road once again. Richard Childress who qualified in the 19th position. And here's another young driver, Marvin Pants, who you would like to see do very, very well. I'm not saying you personally, but sort of a collective you for everybody who has seen and known this youngster over the past two or three years. Talking to Richard during the week, uh, he's very sincere about this racing and he's got the right attitude, Ken. He uh, says he's got a lot to learn. He's learned an awful lot, he said, in the last year or so since he's been running with the Grand National. <laughs> and he's good man. He's really interested also in this Grand National. And he said after the season, uh, this year he's going to compete with his car, keep learning. Then he plans to uh, come with a new car for next year, Ken, and he wants to try to run with the front runner. But he's, right now, he's in school. And he's sure paying the dues that all of these young drivers pay, eating hamburgers and drinking Coke and sleeping under the truck a lot of nights to stay on the circuit and get it all together. And let's hope it comes his way soon. Here's Sophie Castles going back on the track as Childress comes back out. As we mentioned earlier, this is the best qualifying spot Richard Childress has ever had for a Grand National event. Started 19th. We asked him how he felt about it. Uh, it just feels good to make the race early and gives you more time to prepare your car for the race. Are you as well prepared now as you've ever been? Yeah, it gave us a lot more time. I've got a pretty good engine in the car and uh, it's working real good on this track. The pride of Winston-Salem. Richard Childer is here at the Texas World Speedway and still getting it on. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Action in turn three. Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, has just spun all the way around up on the high banking. His car going down onto the inside, being driven back toward the pit road. Let's get the report from Barney Hall as caution is coming out of the speedway. Williams is coming down into turn number three. There was a heavy pack of traffic, and he could have run over something and cut a tire. It was hard to tell, but he did almost a double donut right there in the middle of traffic. Everybody split right and left. Nobody touched him. He just went around a couple of times, came down on the grass. He's very lucky. He's down on pit road right now, and everything seems to be okay. Let's go back to the tower. 
Richard Petty has immediately pulled in, and it is right side rubber only on his car. Bobby Isaac is trucking on down pit road, and he is coming on right now. Harry Hyde bringing him in for a pit stop. Petty's stop continues. Here's Bobby Allison coming in. Joe Frisson, the top four runners, are all on pit road at the same time. Richard Petty coming out. Time on Petty's stop. 21 and a half seconds. Allison and the whole group are in. So this should just about put Allison back in the same lap because he just blew a ways off uh, of being in the same lap at the time the caution came out. So he plays Long the lane, this is Jerry Smith. I've got Jim Witt with me now, who is probably the first man to ask for relief. Richard White now is in car number 32, Jim, but what happened? Well, we just agreed to go halfway, and I went a little further. But uh, we're driving for the owner, and we're just trying to see how good we can make the car finish. Is the heat giving you any trouble? No. My neck gets sore, that's all. Okay, everything is cool in pit roll. Let's go back to the tower. It looks like rubber all the way around for Bobby Isaac's automobile. They've changed right side, and they're changing left side, and car number 71 is coming back on the track. Marvin? And it looks like they're going to get back out before the pace car comes around. This is what the boys really uh, try to do. They do as much as they can on the caution chair, Ken, and hold the car as long as they possibly can. As long as they get out ahead of the pace car, it doesn't hurt them a bit. Almo Langley trying to get out in front, and he is going to be close. He has made it. Just barely getting out there. Here's car number 72, Benny Parsons coming in. We pause now for station identification. Richard Petty is in once again, and it's right side rubber for him this time. A correction on that, that is left side rubber on his car. Ray Williams is back in once again as they go to work on his machine. Almost looked as if he was a little down on brakes as Ray Williams brought his car down on pit road. Jabe Thomas still in the race. Walter Ballard still very much in the race. Here is car number 55, Tiger Lock coming to line. 71, Bobby Isaac going out there to pick up that pace car. Bobby Isaac moving down through. Richard Petty had a very quick stop. Joe Frisson, he's moving down pit road and back into the action. Dave Marcus is on pit road. And they're pushing off Dean Dalton's car, the young driver from Asheville, North Carolina, in car number seven here at College Station, Texas, where we are showing 141 laps complete. The caution came on the second time in the race on lap 139. Caution out for the second time. The first caution came out when Marty Robbins blew an engine going into turn number one. Second caution period has brought a hold on the hot level of this race when Ray Williams' car had trouble up in turn three. And to get a more in-depth report on that, let's go to Barney Hall. You're always amazed at the versatility of these drivers and how quick they react when something like that happens. A car spins in front of you and you're running 160, 170, 180 miles an hour. You don't have time to think whether you're going to do the right thing or not. You just automatically do it. And that's what they did this time as Ray looped the car right in the middle of turn three. There were six, maybe seven cars right behind him. Part of them just went to the outside, part went to the lower groove is another great tribute to this speedway here at Texas. It's so wide in the turns, it almost looks odd just to look up in the turns and see the drivers going high, low, center groove, almost anywhere they want to run. Let's go back to the tower. We now have 142 laps complete. We show 284 miles down on this 500-mile Lone Star 500. A lot of things still possibly happening before it's over. Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama is on pit road. Wendell Scott is in once again. Larry Smith, Ronnie Chumley, Texas driver, Almo Langley, Les Covey from Ontario, Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, Cecil Gordon coming out. 
To recap what's happened thus far this afternoon, Richard Petty, after qualifying at 169 plus miles per hour, took the lead early, followed by Bobby Isaac second, Joe Frisson third, then Bobby Allison fourth. Isaac took the lead on lap five and put Petty into second, Allison third, Frisson in fourth. Meanwhile, Jackie Oliver had blasted from the 23rd starting position up into eighth. Isaac led until the first pit stop on lap number 40. Petty, Allison, and Joe Frisson swapped the lead. The first car out of the race was Bill Shirey. Finally, Isaac took the lead back over. Petty took a caution period about lap 60 when Marty Robbins blew an engine. He took advantage of that to come in, and everyone was in, with Petty giving up the lead to come in first. When they came back on the track, Allison was in the lead, and he held it for nine laps while they were on caution. Then Petty roared back up in front and held the lead for several laps, around 108 to 110. All the front runners pitted. Petty was again in front. Allison had to make an extra pit stop around the 120th lap for left side tires, and that put him a lap down. The second caution of the race has just come out when Ray Williams did a 360 up at turn number three, going all the way around, spinning at over 160 miles per hour, was able to control the car, and fortunately, everybody was able to miss him. Here's Allison again on pit road for left side tires, Marvin Pace. Not only that, the lap before he was in uh, for the second time, this is the third time under caution. He must have an out-of-bounds tire because they changed the right side twice, and now they're changing, this will be the second change on the left side during the caution. Junior Johnson, one of the all-time greats of Grand National Stock Car Racing, working on this automobile, and he is the jackman as they lift up the left side of the car and change left side rubber. Asked Junior yesterday if this schedule is getting kind of tough on him. No, we're pretty well prepared for him. We made advanced uh, arrangements for this kind of stuff. We knew it was coming, and we sort of prepared for it. We're in fairly good shape. How do you... That's Junior Johnson of Rhonda, North Carolina, and we're just about set for Green to fall once again, and after this second stop, we have Petty in front, Isaac in second, and Bobby Isaac running relatively close to him as they come down and take Green, coming around to complete 144 laps, 288 miles. It is Petty in front, and here is Bobby Isaac trying to motor back up through. He's got a few cars to move around. Let's see how he does in turn one. Richard Petty takes that lead. Isaac's in a lot of traffic as he comes into turn number two here. Isaac's in the middle of all the traffic, moving up through the pack as Richard Petty extends his lead, going down to the back straightaway. Isaac's now has only three cars separating he and Richard Petty as Petty goes into turn number three. Petty sails into turn number three and blasting his way up through traffic is Bobby Isaacs. Isaacs has moved around maybe 12, 13 automobiles. He now has only two cars between himself and Richard Petty. Joe Frisson and Cuckoo Marlin ride behind Richard as Bobby Isaacs is getting it done coming off turn four. Petty swings down, hits the straightaway, and then Isaacs comes off turn four, maybe less than a quarter of a straightaway behind. Richard Petty trying to make it two in a row here at Texas World Speedway, and Isaac has cleared out of traffic and only runs about two seconds down for the leader. Allison's got a, quite a job on his hands, Ken, because that last pit stop on the caution, he took off and they dropped the green and he was just going into turn three, so he's coming from the back and he's got a real charge if he's going to try to catch Petty on this one. Richard Petty out in front. Here goes Cuckoo Marlin and Joe Frisson side by side into turn three. 
They're about to trade a little paint there for just a moment in turn number three. For Son trying to catch up with the leader, Richard Petty. Joe is a lap down on the leaders. He'd like to get around Richard and get back in the same lap of the leaders. He and Cuckoo running maybe 10, 20 car lengths behind Petty, but Isaac continues to make up time on the leader, Richard Petty, as they move to turn one. As they come into turn number one, Bobby Isaac's now right behind Joe Frisone. He goes to the outside. Frisone's on the inside, right behind Cuckoo Marlin as they go in between one and two. Isaac's still in that traffic, wants to get around Frisone, must get around Frisone. And Marlin, of course, to catch Richard Petty, who's in the middle of the back straightaway. As they go down the back straightaway, now Isaac's to the inside as he tries to pass Joe Frisone going into turn number three. Here's Bobby Isaac swinging to the inside. He's got Joe Frisone, and now he's moving up on Cuckoo Marlin as Richard Petty moves into the entrance to turn number four. Isaacs is sandwiched in now between Marlin and Frisone as they come off turn number four. Bobby Isaacs trying to chase down the leader, Richard Petty. A couple of dodges running in the lead. He gets around Cuckoo Marlin, and now he has his sights set on Richard Petty as they move to Uken. He is really turning some fast laps again and closing on Richard Petty. The separation between first and second place is shown as two and four ten seconds from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Moving toward the 149th lap complete this time around. As Petty comes across, he'll be moving the next lap, his 150th lap for 300 miles. Petty in front, Isaac in second. Isaac again playing catch-up. Here are the cars still running as we move to 300 miles not in order. Marty Hall in turn number four. Dave Marcus trying to maneuver through a, a bunch of lap cars as they came off turn four, crunched the right side of Wendell Scott's automobile and almost really got into trouble. The right front sheet metal on Wendell's car pretty badly mangled as he moves down into turn one. Marcus apparently still okay as he's moving into turn number two. Let's go back to the tower. So they continue to trade punches here at over 160 miles per hour in Texas this afternoon. Richard Petty in front, Isaac in second. They're scooting through the second turn. Again, the car is still running, not in order, as we have completed 300 miles as Petty flashes the STP colors and the Petty blue colors across the line. R, Tiny Lund, H.B. Bailey, the automobile number 79 of Frank Warren, car number four, Big John Sears, Clarence Lovell's automobile, Jade Thomas, Bobby Allison, J.D. McDuffie, the car number 89 of Les Covey, Wendell Scott, David Ray Boggs, James Hilton, Doc Faustino's car is still running, Benny Parsons, Richard Petty's car, the Edna Gree car is still on the track, car number 18, Joe Fasson, car number 14, Cuckoo Marlin, the number 56 of Paul Jett from San Antonio, Texas, Dave Marcus's automobile, the 92 automobile of Larry Smith, Ben Arnold's car, Bill Champion's car, Cecil Gordon, Walter Ballard, the number 77 of Charlie Roberts, Elmo Langley's automobile, Neil Castle's car still running. Also still in competition is Richard Childress and Dean Dalton. Those are the cars still in action. Let's count them up and see how many have retired. Marvin Page? J.D. McDuffie just pulled in behind the pit wall, not into the garage area, behind the pit wall, and he jumped out of the car himself, lifted the hood, and he's looking there uh, very disgustingly. So he's walking over, though. Evidently, they're going to try to fix it. He's walking over to get some uh, tools and that out of his pit. The 140-lap rundown with Petty in front, Isaac in second, Prasad in third, running the same lap. One lap down, Bobby Allison, two laps down, Benny Parsons, then running in the sixth position was the car number 14 of Cuckoo Marlin. Running seventh was James Hilton. Running eighth was Cecil Gordon. Running ninth was Larry Smith. And running tenth was David Ray Boggs. 30 cars still running out of the 44 that started. 30 still running at the halfway point in the race. Frank Warren's car, they pulled it in off the track. 
uh, off pit road to go behind the wall and they're having an awful time look like they have an awful time steering it looks like they're steering it by hand and he, uh, from here it looks like he almost scraped the edge of the pit wall as he went in up in front Petty has the lead. We'll check the interval again. It looks like Isaac is closing, Marvin. He's pulling up. Only one car separating. That is Richard Childress, who dives down to let them through, and we'll get an interval between that first and second place car in just a moment. Let's give a word for David Ray Boggs. He started back in the 27th position for this race, and David Ray has pulled himself up into 10th. David Ray Boggs starting 27th. The interval just a little over one second between first and second place as they go down the backstretch here at Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Bobby Isaac continuing to close on Richard Petty, and how much is he closing by, Marvin Panch? Less than a second. Matter of fact, at least a little slip now, and he'd be right on his bumper. Here they come. They'll be completing 157 laps this time around. The 140-lap rundown. The record for that distance, 167.081 miles per hour back in 69. Today, they're clipping it off at 150.560 miles per hour here at the Texas World Speedway. 150.560 miles per hour. Walter Ballard in car number 30 is going behind the wall. Houston, Texas, Grand National Rookie of the Year. Last year is now going back to the garage area. We'll see if that's an official retirement in just a moment. Petty in front, but Isaac definitely has eyes on the front running position here in the Lone Star 500 this afternoon. Down they go into turn number two with Petty in front and Isaac has pulled himself up by the bootstraps as he has all of his life. If anybody wants to write a great novel about an all-American person, this guy Isaac is sure it. Here he comes, down out of the turn. Richard Petty, the all-time winner in Grand National Racing, trying to fend off a challenge as they move to turn four. Isaacs has run him down as they move into turn number four, and under the inside goes Isaacs. He had a fender up alongside, and looks like he's going to make a challenge right in front of you, Ken. He does. It's Isaac on the inside, rim-riding his Petty down into turn one. Into turn one is Petty on the outside. Bobby Isaacs in the K&K Dodge in the inside. He has the lead. Richard Petty now one car length behind him. Petty now moves to the inside out of turn number two. Petty wants that lead back. Isaacs on the outside. Petty cannot do it. He makes the challenge in turn number two, but Isaacs has the lead. They're nose to tail in the back straightaway. Down they go into turn number three. Isaacs in the lead. Petty riding second. There's less than a car length separating the two as they move into turn three. There's only one car in the middle of the turns. They have plenty of room to maneuver. Isaac's getting a little high in the turn. Richard riding just underneath him as they come onto turn number four. Isaac sweeps it out against the wall. Petty rides right behind less than a car length as they move to the first turn again. These Texas fans seen a tremendous duel at around 168 miles an hour. Down to the dogleg. It is Isaac in front, Petty in second. Both have won here before. The only two winners ever at the Texas World Speedway are battling to win it again. J.D. McDuffie comes back on the track. Petty goes to the inside in turn two. In turn number two, Richard goes to the inside. Bobby Isaacs goes a little bit high, but he regains that lead as he comes out of two into that back straightaway. One car length separates them as they go into three. Again, Isaacs leads into turn number three with Petty less than a car length behind. And again, there's only one car in the middle of the turn. Here's Bobby moving to the outside, moves around some of the slower traffic. Petty still down on the inside. Petty's riding that low groove every time they come off. Bobby out against the wall as Richard rides still less than a car length behind as they cross the start-finish line the lap on Clarence Lovell from San Antonio, Texas, going into turn one. Into turn number one, it's nose to tail again. Here they go. The Isaacs and Petty show is on again between one and two. Isaacs way up high. Richard goes to the inside. He cannot get around Isaacs. Isaacs in that big red K&K Dodge has the lead by two car lengths down on the back straightaway. 
Richard now pulls up to him as they go into turn number three. These two automobiles must be almost identical in horsepower and handling because they're both running less than a car length apart. Neither can get around the other except in the draft. They move to turn number three. Isaac's riding high again, and Petty again this time rides to the outside with him. They'll be coming up on David Boggs and some more traffic. Richard Petty out against the wall, maybe making a challenge. They try to put a lap on Boggs as they come by. 159, that should make 160 complete. 159 down, that is 160. And we have that battle still up in front. They have gone 160, 320 miles with Isaac and Petty just thrilling this Texas crowd this afternoon. On the backstretch, Isaac has it by three car lengths. He puts a lap on Boggs. He puts a lap on, I believe, Ed Negree on Cecil Gordon as they go into the third turn. A lot of traffic up in front this time as they come through the turn. They are just moving around Cecil Gordon. Richard Petty apparently content for the moment to stay less than a car length behind. They move into turn number four. They'll be coming up on Elbow Langley and John Sears as they come down. Isaac still less than a car length ahead of Richard Petty. They lap Elmo Langley, John Sears as they scream into the first turn, and Pearson, or rather Petty, goes to the inside. Richard dives to the inside. He can't make it. Then he goes up on the outside. He slides up in the groove up high. Now Bobby Isaacs has to go high to get around some slower traffic. Richard right behind him. They squeeze through. They put a lap on two other cars as they go into the back straightaway, but Isaac still maintains the lead. Richard now climbing up on his tail as they go into turn three. Petty less than a car length behind, and again, they move on some slow traffic. And when they move into the slower traffic, if you make just a bobble or make the wrong maneuver, it'll give that guy in the second position a chance to slide either underneath you or around you. Traffic very heavy in turn number four. Isaac's out against the wall. They move around this time. Larry Smith. And their door post to door post as they move to you, Ken Squire. Richard Petty retakes the lead. He made a move. Larry Smith was on the inside, and so was Frank Warren. And Petty found a hole about seven and a half feet wide at 160 miles an hour, and he threaded the needle. It's Petty back in front. Bobby Isaac in second. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Blown engine in turn number two here at Texas World Speedway. Fostino has blown an engine. He has spun down the backstretch. One car going upside down. Tiny Lund comes into it. Let's go now to turn number one. Let's take a report from Fritz Duda. Car number five, Doc Faustinus of Lafayette. Nevada is the car we have identified. Uh, Ken, you may check that. We had the binoculars on him as he came around turn number two. Can you identify him with binoculars? We'll get him on him, and we'll be right back to you with a report. Dick May has come to a stop on the backstretch. Fostino's car slid about 400 feet, blew an engine, and we have one automobile apparently upside down. It looks like Cecil Gordon's car may have had trouble. 96 had trouble, too. Car number 96 came out of turn number two, and Richard Childress's automobile has spilled. He's dumped it at least uh, one, two, possibly three times in a sidewinder off turn number two. Back to turn number one. This is Fritz Duda with a report. Uh, Ken, the first car to cause that problem over there was Doc Faustinus of Las Vegas, Nevada in a 1970 Plymouth. He blew his engine as he came out of turn number two. White smoke billowed from the rear end of the car. He tried to go down low in the groove as he came out of two. He got sideways. There was oil all over the track. And following him into turn number two was car number 53, Dick May of Brownville, New York, in a 1970 Plymouth. May spun, went sideways, round and round and round, and then car number 96, Richard Childress to Winston-Salem, got in the same mix-up. And there's nothing but confusion and commotion down there. We'll get our binoculars on it and be back with you another report. Richard Childress's car was the car that was upended and went over several times out of turn number two. Waiting for the further report on Childress, Marvin Pash. Dick May's car came back into the pit, 
And Richard Boggs, I seen his car go down the back stretch on the grass. It looked like a dune buggy jumping dunes back there. But he made it back into the pits, so they're working on it, trying to get it back. Tiny Lund made it in the pits and out. And uh, Bobby Allison's in. Bobby Isaac made his pit stop and is gone. David Ray Boggs Automobiles still on pit road. Apparently does not want a relief driver. One of the drivers came over and talked to him, but he does not want relief. The hood is up on David Ray's car. Car number 53, Dick May's car directly in front of him, and now David Ray Boggs is out of his car. He's walking around to the front of his machine. I would say as high as i seen him in the air over there uh, through the rough stuff that he probably knocked out some of his uh, front suspension. He was getting four and five feet off the ground. Here is David Ray Boggs out of the car number 57. Ken, this is Barney Hall up in turn four. Cecil Gordon also came out on the short end of that. He was also one of the cars you saw flying up through the air as he apparently went into some of the drainage ditches and was jumping eight and ten feet in the air. Cecil's car still setting out just off the grass with a hood up on that automobile, and Tiny Lund came right through the thick of it also, but apparently Tiny didn't have any problems as he did get into the pits. Let's go back to the tower. Waiting for a report on Richard Childers. David Ray sitting down very dejectedly on the wall, just taking a big deep breath it's over for him today what a bad break for a tremendous young runner who had started 27th and worked his way up to 10th he doesn't even look at the racetrack he just looks back into the infield here at texas world speedway and now takes off on the run let's see what david ray is up to this afternoon david ray boggs mooresville north carolina number 76 ben arnold has pitted he started to run up to check with someone on something and now is coming back he is okay, but his car really took some tremendous abuse as we have an altercation on the backstretch. I believe that is the first car upside down in the history of the Texas World Speedway. Richard Childress, automobile, flipping, and there's a congregation there. Of course, they can't get to the car, but they're down there in the grass area up to the fence where that car flipped. Doc Faustino's car is also over there. They have to bring that in. This is Fritz Duda in turn one. We have the binoculars. Turn one, or turn two, is directly opposite us, up, us here from our broadcast uh, vantage point up above turn number one. Faustina's car is now up on a uh, tow truck right in the middle of the track. There's a crowd around that drainage ditch on the, or drainage ditch on the inside of turn number two. Uh, the tow truck and emergency personnel are over there on the outside of the track. A huge crowd blank, uh, uh, really blocking our vantage point at this time. Uh, we'll keep the binoculars on, Ken, and be back with a report later. Large group of fans over there. They cannot get to the car, but the safety crews were there immediately. Doc Bastino's car is now being brought in, and we have more pit stops coming up. Daytona, Talladega, Riverside, Texas, Charlotte. Richard Petty has driven over 100,000 miles on the NASCAR stock car circuit, and his 144 wins have made him three-time Grand National Champion. When Petty goes racing, Petty goes to win. And this year, he has something new to help. He and teammate Buddy Baker run Andy Granatelli's new STP double oil filter. Just like the STP oil filter you can run on your car. It's actually a filter within a filter. Two separate elements working together to keep your vital engine oil cleaner longer. If the STP double oil filter can take the punishment of the super speedways, it can take everything your car can dish out. Look for Richard Petty's red and blue STP Dodge in the winner's circle and look for Andy Granatelli's new STP double oil filter at your service station. Put it on your car today. If the STP filter can win for Petty, it's a winner for you. The filter within a filter to double clean your oil. 
We have a fire on Pitt Road. Flames belching up from under car number 61. Clarence Lovell's car from San Antonio, Texas. The Lone Star Ford Automobile has the fire crews to it, and they have extinguished the blaze. Let's see if they'll be able to refire the car. Marvin? Uh, look over there. Benny Parsons dragging a water tank behind him. on The, the hose is hooked to the back of his car, and he's dragging the tank down the back stretch. Yeah, this is Barney Hall up in turn number four, and Bobby Isaacs says something happened to his car. He was coming down the back straightaway. That's something you rarely see, Ken. Uh, really coming into a creeping situation, and now he has stopped up in the middle of turn four, and looks like Elmo Langley is pulling in behind the car to push Bobby Isaacs into the pits. That's just what he's doing, and here comes Benny Parsons dragging his tail behind him. Benny Parsons coming in, coming down pit road, and about 25 or 30 feet behind him comes some of the equipment. Here he comes, coming in, and he looks like a mouse with a long tail, Marvin. <laughs> he sure does, Ken, and uh, he's got all the holes with him. Everything's hooked up behind him. Surprising he didn't lose it out there in the racetrack. Well, it stayed there all the way around. The crew is in, and they're now unhitching it. Marvin, again, what was it? They've got it unhitched, and Benny's getting ready to pull out again. Ken. Benny Parsons carrying a little extra baggage around the Texas World Speedway this afternoon. Allison is in for left side rubber. Isaac is in, and the hood is up on his automobile. Let's see what the story is on Bobby Isaac's car. He's made a tremendous run today, but apparently there's a mechanical problem on a race car that may be giving him some fits right now. Harry Hyde is underneath it looking. Hood is up. Had a couple of mechanics to climb inside the car, look under the instrument panel also, and then climb back out the window. They could have some electrical problems or any one of a dozen things. Let's hope they get that car back in. Ignition problems. He was pushed in by Almo Langley's automobile. Almo Langley's car brought him in. Car number 71, Isaac's automobile. Still being worked on. And will they put a lap on him? Here comes the pace car down out of turn number four. Still working on Isaac's car on pit road, and it is frantic work. They try to get him back out here. Petty is pitting. Richard Petty is coming in. Car number 43, the STP Dodge, has been your leader. Car number 91 is really moving up in the standings here. A lot of changes in the standings as we have these pit stops. That is incorrect. That number 91 should be reading as 71. That is incorrect on the scoreboard. Here's number 92, Larry Smith, coming in. And the work continues as left side rubber is added to Richard Petty's automobile. The work is still on on car number 71, Bobby Isaac's car. Richard Petty coming back out. Allison is in taking on right side tires. Allison has been in a quite a bit here, Ken, just about every lap. He just pops back out before the pace car comes. And one time he just came in and talked to the crew. So he's having a problem. And there goes Isaac. Isaac got fired, so it must have been initial. Bobby Isaac is back underway, and here comes Bobby Allison back on the speedway. Last year's Daytona Firecracker 400 had all the drama, the excitement anyone could want in a race. In the closing laps, Richard Petty vainly chased after Bobby Isaac, the leader. Isaac's hood pins were loose, and his car's hood flapped in a 180-mile-per-hour wind. No one knew whether the hood would come crashing over Isaac's windshield to put him out of the race. It didn't, and Isaac won by scant seconds. That's the kind of racing there is at Daytona. Always fast, close, exciting. This year, to be part of the country's largest 4th of July celebration, come to Daytona for the Firecracker 400, 
Grand National Race. For a free souvenir brochure of Daytona International Speedway and the Firecracker 400, write to Speedway Brochure, Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. That's Speedway Brochure, Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida, zip code 32015. It's free, so write for yours today. Car number 24, Cecil Gordon's automobile has retired from the race. There are now 15 cars out of the race. The Collins and Aikman car, the textile car, number 24, is now out of competition. The car's out. Bill Shirey was first. Ron Kaslowski, Anderson, Leroy Yarborough, Marty Robbins, Jackie Oliver, D.K. Ulrich, Neil Castles, Walter Ballard, Richard Childress flipping his automobile, and the report is that Richard is okay. Richard Childress walking away from a bad sidewinder out of turn number two as he put it up on its roof and over several times. Doc Faustino's car, which blew the engine, which commenced the whole activity, he is out. Cecil Gordon is out. Wendell Scott now retiring. Frank Warren's car has gone back to the garage, and David Ray Boggs, and five of those retirees, 10 through 15, six of them, all coming at the same time with that incident coming out of turn number two. This is Jerry Smith in pit lane, and with me is Wendell Scott right now. Wendell, what happened out there? Well, I think uh, Fasini blew an engine, and you couldn't see where to go, and uh, I kind of slowed down. It reminded me of the wreck at Daytona in February. The car was all over the track, and I took out across the infield, and they have some drainage uh, right beside the road that lead across the track, and they're right deep in uh, and I, we went through those pretty fast. And I seen him bouncing up in the air, and I said, well, I know I got it too. So I, I tore my oil paint out from under my car. But you're all right. Oh, yeah, I didn't hurt the car. I just uh, knocked a big hole in the oil paint, and I think I hurt the steering a little bit. It didn't feel too good coming on back to the pits. Okay, there's Wendell Scott with our first eyewitness report on the accident on the other side. I can also tell you that Bobby Isaac did have ignition failure, and as you know, Ken, all cars have a dual ignition system. They merely switched it over. He should be running fast again. Back to the tower in Ken Squire. Let's take a look at the upcoming races on the Winston Series next week, the 4th of July, Daytona Beach, Florida, America's largest Independence Day celebration with the Grand National Stars of NASCAR and the Paul Revere 250 starting at midnight July the 3rd and running into the darkness with the Grand American ranks. Then in the morning, it's the, the uh, Firecracker 400. That's a week from Tuesday at Daytona Beach, Florida for a tremendous automobile race. July the 9th is Bristol, Tennessee. And they say they're expecting a tremendous crowd in Bristol, Tennessee at Larry Carrier's track. July 16th at Trenton, New Jersey on that great model and a half track in New Jersey, the northern tour of NASCAR. And then July the 23rd, Atlanta, Georgia, the Dixie 500, and the ticket office is open today at Atlanta, Georgia. August 6th, they'll be at Talladega, Alabama, and August 26th in Nashville, Tennessee. Those are some of the upcoming dates on the Winston Grand National Series. Don't forget, September the 4th, it's Darlington, South Carolina, for the granddaddy of all stock car races. Labor Day weekend, plan to be at Darlington. Bobby Isaac, back in the race, as you'll recall, about a week and a half ago, he broke some ribs. He says he feels much better today. We'll get a report from the man himself about his condition shortly. We pause right now for station identification. At Texas World Speedway, Richard Petty is showing in front, Bobby Isaac in second, Joe Frasad in third, in fourth is Bobby Allison, and fifth is Benny Parsons. After this host pit stop, Ray Williams is back on pit road. In a golf cart accident, Bobby Isaac broke one rib and banged a couple of others around pretty good and had to have a Novocaine 
shot before the race at Riverside, California last Sunday. I asked Bobby yesterday how he was feeling. Well, I feel much better than I did at Riverside. Uh, my ribs are not uh, not healed all the way, but it's a big improvement over last week, and uh, I don't think they'll give me any problems. Still taped up, Bobby? No, uh, I never was really taped up. I had an elastic band that I had to wear around it, but uh, I didn't even wear it in the race at Riverside, but I don't think I need it anymore. I feel good. Bobby Isaac says he feels good right now, of course. He must feel a bit chagrined that his automobile has been having that trouble, which I believe will wait for a rundown. May have put him a lap off that front-running automobile. We'll wait and see on that in just a moment. We asked Bobby if you can run this track full throttle all the way around this beautiful two-mile facility at College Station, Texas. No, you have to back off uh, into turns. Uh, you, it's possible for you to qualify wide open, maybe one of your laps out of the two, but uh, I don't think it's possible to run over maybe one lap wide open and then the car would probably start pushing or get a little bit loose. The turns are pretty long here, and anywhere that they're pretty long and not bank too high, pretty difficult to run wide open. Those are the thoughts of Bobby Isaac about this track and running wide open all the way around it. Very shortly, we should be going back under green. The report is that Will Richard Childress, who flipped off turn number two several times, is okay. The Winston-Salem runner, the young independent, trying so hard, has really bad luck here today. That's, that's too bad. You hate to see these end of, you hate to see anyone have bad luck at the tremendous speeds these guys go. He is physically all right, but I'm sure that mentally he's torn up. He's put a lot of effort into this car, and the car has really taken a shellacking as any car would, flipping at 160 miles an hour. The 170-lap rundown upcoming from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Richard Petty, seeking his 145th win of the Grand National Circuit of NASCAR, is running in front at the 170-lap, 340-mile mark of the Lone Star 500. In second place, a lap back, is Joe Frisson, Golden Valley, Minnesota, the John Green prepared car. In third spot is Allison. He is running in the same lap with Frisson. That pair, Frisson and Allison, a lap behind the leader. In fourth place, two laps down after ignition problems, left him on pit road for a while, is Bobby Isaac in car number 71. And as you recall, he had to be pushed in. Almo Langley coming through to help him come in. Then in fifth spot is Benny Parsons, now shown as three laps down. Parsons in fifth position in the Pop Cola Mercury. That's how they stand right now. The STP Dodge is running up in front and the Lone Star 500 this afternoon. We asked Dale Inman, the crew chief, Richard's cousin, if they were concerned about the heat on Richard today. No, I don't think the drivers will have no problem here as much as summers like uh, Dover because it's a big old racetrack, and the cars don't get bunched up as tight here as they do some of the other places. And I don't, I don't think the drivers have any problem here. I think uh, looks like we might have changed three tires every pit stop or something like that, so that's going to cause a problem. We'll just have to wait and see, but the tires are going to be the problem more, I think. Remember, they changed tires on the front of the car all the way around the first time. Left and right front were changed. Frank Warren of Augusta, Georgia, is coming back on the speedway. Car number 79. Frank Warren is coming out, so Bob Lapford, that'll make a little change in that statistic on number of cars out. I believe it brings us to 14 cars having retired from the 44 that started, and we're showing 175 laps complete. Uh, for the fans that were wondering how come Benny Parsons took off with that water tank hooked to his back bumper, he was right there, uh, pitted right next to the car that was pulling out that caught fire. So I imagine they give him the signal right quick to go, and the hose just ha accidentally caught on the bumper. But it sure looked funny seeing Benny drag around about 20 foot of hose and then a tank on the end of that. But not near as funny as it would be if he sat there and caught flames with him. 
We have 350 miles complete at Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Texas World Speedway, 176 laps, 352 miles down, with Richard Petty leading this afternoon in one of the cars that was in that incident coming out of turn number two. The driver standing by with Jerry Smith. Doc Faustino with me in the pits now. And Doc, uh, what happened out there? Well, the engine just let go coming out of turn two all of a sudden. I tried to get into the dirt, but I got my own oil and just spun down the track. And then it was dead. I couldn't get into the dirt. Glad nobody hit me. A lot of cars involved, at least four or five, uh, at least spun out. Uh, one on top of his head. He is all right. But uh, was it? were they going around you to, to cause the accident? They were trying to miss me, yeah. Nobody hit me. I'm real glad of that. I, all I could do was sit in the car and, and brace myself, expecting somebody to hit me, but nobody hit me. Doc, you're going to show up at Daytona for the next one next week. Well, i got to get an engine first. Maybe one of the casinos in Las Vegas will come up and sponsor me for an engine for Daytona, I hope. Okay, Doc Faustian is out of it. Let's go back to the tower. You look to fill some more teeth for a while. That's what you'll have to do. Here's Dave Marcus on pit road. Jake Thomas is back in. Tiny Lund pitting as the work continues on these automobiles, and they have brought in Richard Childress' car. Let's go to Fritz Duda. They just pulled the Childress car, the blue uh, 1971 Chevelle with the big orange gold letters, number 96 on it. Is it... Uh, is pulled behind the tow truck. We can observe it now. The whole front end is sandwiched up. Uh, the top top of the car crunched in. The uh, front of the car really bearing no resemblance to a car at all. As they pull it uh, back in behind the garages now uh, with a white tow truck pulling it off, they've pretty well got the track back in condition over there now, Ken. They have had uh, cement and sand uh, uh, splattered all over the inside there where Faustino let go. And uh, Dick Childress, a very uh, lucky young man, as we view his automobile coming into the garage now. Back to radio control. Richard Childress, number 96, is almost back to the garage area, which will finish its trip today. It's a sad way to finish it. Let's tell you about the upcoming broadcast, the Motor Racing Network, on July 4th, the Firecracker 400. And what a race that's going to be. Buddy Baker, back in action. And I know a lot of folks will be enthusiastic about that. And Pete Hamilton will be there. And the fellows from the game. They have some fellow named Pearson who decided he'll drive it, and that means dynamite. That just means one tremendous event with Petty and all the gang. We're just about ready to go back under green here. Field moving down to the turn number four, and Pete Keller drops the green. Richard Petty out in front. The STP Dodge leading going into turn one. Into turn number one, it's Richard Petty with a big lead over plus uh, Frisone now. Frisone running in second place, but one lap back and another lap behind him is Bobby Isaac as Isaac moves up through traffic. Isaac now knocks off one, two cars into turn number two as they go down the back straightaway. Richard lengthening that lead for uh, Frisone trying to get a lap back on Richard as they go into turn number three. Richard Petty all by himself with that beautiful red and blue STP Dodge automobile moves into turn number three. Frisone is running still very, very strong in this race. Allison running real hard and Isaacs and that's the way they move into turn number four. Petty riding out front, Frisone right behind, then comes Allison and then Isaac as they move to the start finish line. All across the line comes Richard Petty, lead automobile, and here comes Bobby Isaac about to get a lap back on car number 12. He is under Allison as they hit the first turn. Into the first turn, it's Allison up high and Isaacs down low as Isaacs gets that lap back now. He's coming up on Persona and he wants to get a lap back on Richard Petty as Petty comes out of turn number two. Isaacs really gets with the program as he comes out. He slingshots out of two down that back straightaway. Only Persona now 
separates Petty and Isaacs as Isaacs trying to unlap himself and get back here into competition as Petty's into turn number three. Petty trying to pull away, but Bobby Isaacs is really moving up. He is less than a car length behind Joe Frisson, and a moment ago, he's almost a straightaway behind. Richard comes into the turn, moves off turn four. Isaacs up on the bumper of Joe Frisson as they move to the start-finish line, and Isaacs is getting it on. Isaac goes under Joe Frisson. He drops on the inside groove. Holds it down there on the low side, and he is under Joe Frisson and going after Petty and trying to get that lap back. He has a lap back now on Joe Frisson as he comes around here. Petty now still leading as Petty comes out of turn number two. Isaacs two laps down as he comes back down that back straightaway. Isaacs on it now, making up time on Richard Petty. Petty's into turn number three. Rest of the pack going very nicely past that oil spill now. No problem whatsoever as they go past that. Faustina Childress incident, the track in good condition as Petty's in turn number four. The chase is on between the two Dodge automobiles right now. Bobby Isaac, who lost a lap due to ignition problems, trying to make it up. Richard Petty moves out of turn four, and Isaacs has now cut it down to maybe five, six car lengths as they move to Uken. Cecil Gordon, who was out of the race for a while, back in the garage area, the Collins and Aikman car, is back in the race and running right now. Here goes Isaac after Petty in turn one. Isaacs in the middle. Just coming into turn number two now as Petty exits turn number two. Isaac's really on it now as they go down that back straightaway, right past the, the incident. Little dust kicking up now as they go by there. Richard Petty now going into turn number three. Petty must be having a lot of strange thoughts because last week at Riverside he had a good, secure position on the number one spot only to have a crankshaft let go. He's got to stand on it now because he's being chased down by Isaacs as they come out of turn number four. Bobby is now maybe six, seven car lengths behind as they move down into turn number one. Three cautions today for 28 laps. There were three in 71 total and three in 69. We may have more today before this one's over. 170 lap rundown. Petty in front, Frisson in second, and running third in that same lap is Bobby Allison as the race continues here this afternoon. Fourth is car number 71, and trying to move up is Bobby Isaac. Field continuing to move out and move strong. It is Petty leading. But Isaac is the hot one today as he continues to move up through. Bobby Isaac continuing to wind his way through traffic. Here's Richard Petty and Isaac moving up on some of the lapped automobiles now as they come down off the turn. Richard swings it out against the wall. Isaac will move around Ed McGree as they move around slower automobiles. Isaac trying to catch the leader, Petty, as they move to turn one. 276, 274 miles down. That makes 276 with that lap by. Still leading this race. It is Richard Petty and Bobby Isaac in front of the 71 continues to pair away. Just peel back seconds by the tenths as he chases down Richard Petty and tries to regain a lap. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Richard Petty begins to feel the hot breath of Bobby Isaac trying to get back a lap. There's only a second and four tenths separation between them as Isaac relentlessly chases down Petty and tries to get back in this automobile race. Both are former winners here at Texas. They'll all be at Daytona next week and then on to Bristol, Tennessee. That's the next race after Daytona. Plan to see these great racing events with the Grand National Stars of NASCAR, the most competitive automobile racing in America today. Our next radio broadcast will be on the 4th of July, Tuesday in the morning, from Daytona Beach, Florida. July the 23rd, Motor Racing Network takes you to Laguna Seca, California for the road race champions and motorcycle competition. That's the Kawasaki Superbike Race. 125-mile motorcycle road race, July 23rd from Laguna Seca, California. On August 6th, the Talladega 500. August 20th, the Yankee 400. September 23rd, the Motor Racing Network 
proudly presents the Cal 500 from the Ontario Motor Speedway. On September 3rd as well, we'll be broadcasting the 200-mile motorcycle race at Talladega, Alabama. October 1st, the champion spark plug 250-mile race from Ontario Speedway. And then October 8th, the National 500 at Charlotte, North Carolina. And our broadcast season concludes with the last race of the Grand National Circuit. It's the Texas 500, December 3rd, right back here on a Sunday, December 3rd. And if you're missing this race today and you live anywhere where you can get to Texas World Speedway, we sure hope you'll be on hand to see it Sunday, December 3rd. Hear it on most of these same stations if you can't be here. Leader Petty and Marvin Panch looks like they're getting closer. Uh, that's true, but I've just been watching Dave Marcus and James Hilton. Uh, Marcus had to come up and he passed Hilton. I don't know how they are on the scoreboard, but they have been putting on a tremendous duel coming up through traffic, and it's been getting real tight. Matter of fact, they just made it three abreast through, through three and four the last turn. The Tower, this is Jerry Smith in the pits, and I have right now with me Richard Childress, who had the accident on the other side of the course, turn two. Richard, first of all, the most important question, how are you? I'm okay, a little bit sore right now. How did the thing happen, Richard? Well, Doc had been smoking for about five or six laps, Pat, and I knew he was going to blow. I was just trying to get around it before he did, and uh, another when he blew, another car, I think it was Raymond or somebody, you know, sort of came down in front of me, and I just spun the car to miss him. And when I did, I hit a cover, and the car just started flipping. Richard, I've been wondering about the question. Uh, when this th sort of thing happens to you, do you actually have time to think about what's going on? Well, not really. I was just, you know, I just cut left and locked the brakes. That's all you can do once you lose it, running like, you know, the speeds we do. Going to be running in Daytona next week? I hope so. The car, I don't believe, is as bad as, uh, you know, we thought it was. Okay, Richard Childress is out of it. He's going to be all right with a little bit of rest here, I'm sure. A few bruises. It's going to be stiff for a week, but we'll see you in Daytona. Let's go back to the tower in Ken Square. Got a super race going on for second place. It is a goodie between Joe Frisson and Allison. They're going, crawling down on the pit road. Looks like Ronnie Shumley's automobile. But the battle is for second position as Isaac closes on Petty. There's good racing all around this two-mile speedway, and always is. Here's Ronnie Chumley's car, Texas driver, coming down pit road very slowly. Meanwhile, the battle up in front, Isaac is there and trying to get a lap back. Remember, he's a couple of laps down of those leaders, and he may take one lap back from the leader, Richard Petty, before he completes the next lap. Meanwhile, Joe Frisson is just pulled by Bobby Allison as they fight for second place. Frisson goes into turn number one, leading Allison. Frisson right in the middle now as he comes in out into turn number two. Bobby Allison right behind him in the back straight away. It's Bobby Isaacs now moving up on Richard Petty as they go into turn number three. Joe must be very happy with that car this afternoon. He's been very well qualifying the last couple of races. He's qualified up in the top three or four positions. He's qualified fourth fastest here, giving that car a tremendous ride this afternoon. Allison putting the chase on him as they move into turn three. There's about a car length separation between second and third place right now. Fasson moving out. He'll be coming up on Dean Dalton and Cecil Dorton as they move to the start finish line. And there's only a length separation between Richard Petty and Bobby Isaac trying to get that lap back. The 180-lap rundown had car number 43, Petty, in front, then Prasad in second, and Allison, and they've been dicing it here for quite some time. Then Isaac in fourth, running in fifth was Parsons. In sixth was Cuckoo Marlin, who started 21st and stays right in it today. Seventh was Hilton. Eighth was Larry Smith's automobile, car number 92. Then in the ninth position was car number seven, Dean Dalton. 
is up in the ninth position. And running 10th is Jake Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia. That's how they stand at 180 laps. We've had 16 lead changes. Car number 57, David Ray Boggs. He's rolling down, and he's going to get back in this race. David Ray Boggs of Morrisville, North Carolina, who looked like he was out of it, ran down and said something about, oh, 15, 20 minutes ago to a couple of his crew members, and they've elected to do some work on the car, and he's back on the speedway and running. David Ray Boggs of Morrisville, North Carolina. Up in front, Isaac is breathing down Petty's exhaust pipe, trying to get one of those laps back, and Petty won't let him have it. Here they come into turn four. Richard Petty up in the high groove this time, and he moves around one of the lapped automobiles. Isaac's relentlessly chasing him as they move down to the start-finish line. Two Dodge automobiles really getting it done here at Texas World Speedway as they move to turn number one. Richard Petty still has that lead. Here they go. As they go in, Bobby Isaac goes under the inside. He cannot get by him. He's still trying to unlap himself now. Richard Petty still has the lead. And as they go out of turn number two into turn number one, Bobby Allison back up on the tail of Joe Joe Frisone as they go between one and two. Frisone still maintaining second place, though, as he goes into two. Bobby Allison now dives to the inside as he goes down the back straightaway. Isaacs and Petty into turn number three. That battle continuing. Battle down the backstretch, and we'll go right to Barney Hall. That battle is continuing for the number two position between Frisson and the Chevrolet of Bobby Allison. Allison less than a car length behind. They move on some of the slower automobiles again, and this is where a driver can take advantage of some of that slower traffic. There's action, action in turn one. Isaac now has unlapped Richard Petty. He's got one lap back on Petty as he dove to the inside coming into turn number one. Inside as he comes back out into turn, turn number two. Richard Petty now right up on his tail as they go down that back straightaway. I asked Bobby yesterday if he thought he could break a draft from Petty. He said he didn't think there was any way, but if it got to that, he could try. That time, he thought he'd be battling for the lead. Now he wants to break the draft if he can and just pull away from Petty and get this lap back from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. There are now 14 cars officially out of the race. David Ray Boggs took a couple of laps and now has taken his car back to the garage. Handling characteristics not too strong on the automobile. Doesn't want to risk it, so he's pulled his car in, and he is now out of the race. 14 out, they are Bill Shirey, Ron Kaslowski, Anderson, Leroy Arborough, Robbins, Jackie Oliver, D.K. Ulrich, Neil Castle, Walter Ballard, Richard Childress, Doc Faustina, Richard Brooks, Wendell Scott, and David Ray Boggs are out of the race. 14 cars down, the battle is for second place. Isaac running just in front of Teddy now, and what a race we have for second position. On this beautiful two-mile speedway at College Station, Texas, Joe Frisson has thrust the car number 18 Dodge back in front of the Chevrolet of Bobby Allison as they come across the line. They have now worked 197 laps. They're working their 198 as they hit the first turn. End of the first turn, Frisson still has second on Bobby Allison. Allison about two car lengths behind Frisson between turn number one and turn number two. Now Frisson goes high and Allison goes low as they come out of turn number two. Frisson still maintaining second place as they go down the back straightaway. One, maybe two cars separates them. Now Allison right up on his tail as they go into three. Allison has less than a car length back to make up as they move again into turn number three. And this time they'll be coming up on about three, maybe four of the lapped automobiles. Elmo Langley is up there as they come into the turn. Turn number four, Frisson swings it out against the wall. He's going to have to squeeze it in and go to the outside. He's running up on Clarence Level. Level moves over, gives him room, and Allison rides right around him as they move to UKIN. Down they come once again in tight, tight competition, and Joe Frisson just barely stays in front of Petty. The 190-lap run down, 380 miles down. 
380 down and 120 to go. Petty in front, Joe Fasson in second. Going in third is Bobby Allison. And on the back stretch, Allison is challenging. In fourth is Isaac. In fifth is Parsons. And on the back stretch, is Allison pulling up, not getting through. In the sixth position is the car number 14, Cuckoo Marlin. Running seventh is Hilton. Eighth is Larry Smith. Ninth is Dean Dalton. And tenth is Jade Thomas. Cars coming down out of turn number four with the lead automobile. Remaining petty, 199 complete, 200. Next time around, they'll have 100 miles to go. The 190 lap rundown showing Petty still in front with a lap advantage and Isaac trying to move around and pick himself back up in this race with 100 miles to go. Can he do it? He and Petty have both won here on the only two previous occasions. This track has been utilized for NASCAR Grand National Racing. Here comes Petty just holding on to Isaac in an easy draft as they come out of turn number four, about to overtake Benny Parsons, Les Covey, and Bill Champion as they come across the line and move into turn one. As they go into turn number one, Richard Petty now right behind Bobby Isaacs. Isaacs has not been able to break that draft. Between one and two now, Richard Petty moves to the inside. Isaacs still trying to get around and get through some slower traffic between he and Richard Petty, but he cannot do the job. As I say that, they come into turn number one, and that's Bobby Allison and Joe Persona. Allison still trying to get back second place as they go between one and two, but cannot do it. One car separating Persona and Allison as they go into turn number two. Isaacs and Bobby Isaacs and Richard Petty are into turn number four. California, California driver on pit row is Jimmy Witt, and here comes that battle for second place. Barney Hall. Isaac's driving a tremendous race. Bobby's really utilizing some of the slower traffic. Richard's had a couple of chances to get underneath him, and Isaac's apparently keeping a good eye on him in that rearview mirror, and every time he moves to get around one of the slower automobiles, Isaac's will shut the door on him. They've got a real duel going, and these Texas race fans are jumping up and down all afternoon, Ken. This is Jerry Smith in the pits. With me here is David Boggs for still another view of what went on with the accident in turn two, David. I don't know. When I, I was getting ready to lap the boys, there was about an eight-car pack there, and I was up on the outside lapping them, and someone evidently blew an engine, and the car started spinning everywhere, and I dug down to go below them, or I missed the wreck, and just as I cut, went to go back on the track, I had to go in the infield. Somebody saw fit to dig about a 40-foot hole over there, and I run off in that, and it knocked the front end out from underneath the car, and stuck the radiator and the uh, fan in the radiator, and uh, it, it's really disappointing because I've been running pretty good all afternoon. I worked my way up to 10th place and then have something like that. I happened to miss the wreck. There was this hole there that I run off in. That's about it. Action going down the main straightaway. Bobby Allison has gone back in front of Joe Frisson. Bobby Allison wheeling around Joe Frisson as they continue to duel for second place. A real rip-snorting battle between Joe Frisson and Bobby Allison out of turn number two. You're listening to David Ray Boggs another one of the boys who was in that jam session in turn number two this afternoon. And now, Allison is really getting it on, going down the backstretch. Allison is running stronger for the moment. He's coming into turn number three right now. He'll be running up on some of the lapped automobiles. But Bobby suddenly found some, some power, and Joe Frisson is puffing smoke as he comes out of turn number four. Joe is heading for the pits. A tough break for Joe Frisson. He's got serious problems. Fire under the automobile. Tremendous blaze of fire coming out of the back of the car. Maybe a 30, 40-foot sheet of flame as he came down pit road. The car still burning. Joe tapping on top of the car. The fire crews bail over the wall and start extinguishing under the automobile. He probably ruptured an oil line and it got on the hot exhaust. Let's go back to the tower again. He has jumped out of the automobile and run back through his pits. Let's see if he's okay. Joe Fasan has walked away from the automobile. John Green is right there, and he is angry. 
total frustration for Joe Frisson after such a tremendous run as he has made today. The hood is now up, the fire is out, but he had a hot seat for just a moment. Wipes his brow, he has not removed his helmet as yet, but there was a tremendous rooster tail of flame following that car down pit road. I would say it was due to losing an engine. Uh, this seems to be the habit of the Chrysler products with their dry sumps. When they lose an engine, they usually uh, dump a little oil on exhaust pipes, and they always, it's always seem to catch fire. And in this case, Joe was lucky. He was headed down pit road when it happened, and the fire crew was really on the ball because right before he got stopped about a pit up, they already squirted him as he went by. So it was real good work on the part of the fire crew. Excellent fire crew here. They do good things well down here in Texas. Here is Joe Frisson. He's taking a drink of water and walking back up to talk with John Green. They've had some real problems with that car. We'll talk about that in a moment. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Less than 100 miles to go in the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway. Richard Petty in search of his 145th Grand National victory is in front. Bobby Isaac is hoping for a caution flag to come out to allow him to pull back up and take a lap back. Car number 24, Cecil Gordon is pitted and he is back underway. We pause now for station identification. At Texas World Speedway, car number 18, Joe Frisson's automobile, is now being pushed back to go behind the wall and become the 15th official retiree from the Lone Star 500 today. This is Barney Hall at turn number four. Looks like Bobby Isaacs may be heading for the pits. He is. He comes down on the low groove, heads down pit road, and we'll keep an eye on Bobby to see what his problem is or if this is just a regular pit stop. 1969, winner at College Station, Texas, is on pit road, brings the automobile in, crew standing by, looks to be a regular stop. Isaac taking right side rubber and fuel. They and Richard Petty are using a radio today. Keep in contact with their driver out on the track. The 190 lap rundown with Petty in front by a lap. At that time, Joe Frisson in second. He has dropped out of the race and moved Allison in the second. Third is Isaac. Fourth is Parsons. Fifth in the race is the car number 14 of Cuckoo Marlin still moving up. Six is Hilton. Seventh is Larry Smith. Eight is Dean Dalton. And ninth is Jay Thomas. The Bobby Isaac car took on two right side tires and fuel. And with 80, about 84 miles to go, uh, he could make it, Ken. This could be his last stop. So he could pick up some time on a caution flag, get himself a little bit of a break there, and pull himself up through. Bobby Isaac now back in the race running in third position. Joe Frisson, which had been the who had been the driver, which had moved itself well all afternoon after qualifying in 18th position, that Dodge automobile, had gone up into second, had been battling all afternoon with either Allison in the early going with Petty and Isaac, having some engine failure, and some kind of engine failure it was. He is out of the race. It puts Allison into third. Isaac I'll take that back. It puts Allison in the second, Isaac in the third, Parsons in the fourth, and the fifth spot to Cuckoo Marlin. I don't think Cuckoo's done better than that this year. We'll check on it in just a moment. Richard Petty will be pitting in one lap. The leader will be coming in in one lap, and that will be his final regulation stop of this 500-mile race at Bryan, Texas, College Station, Texas. Petty is the leader. 
and Junior Johnson's car with Bobby Allison aboard is running second with Isaac third. In the fourth goes Benny Parsons. In the fifth, Cuckoo Marlin. Sixth is James Hilton. Seventh is Larry Smith. Eighth is Dean Dalton. And right now, ninth is Jade Thomas. Those are the front nine here. I don't know what's happened, Ken, but uh, Bobby Isaac's car pulled way down, let Petty go by. It looks like he was limping along. Let's see if Isaac will elect to come in again or if he's going to stay out there. Richard Petty still in front. It will be a Dodge victory the way it is right now or a Chevrolet victory should Petty have trouble. Here comes that lead automobile. It's Dodge and Chevy battling towards the finish of this one with a lap separation between the first and second place runners. We're showing 213 laps complete and Petty is coming in again. Richard Petty is coming in for his final pit stop of the race. This is a regulation stop and all of a sudden Isaac is running very slowly down on the inside as he came by. This should put uh, Allison in the same lap with Petty, so if a caution would come out where Allison could catch his pit stop this right, this could be real interesting yet. Right side rubber for Petty and fuel. Richard Petty, who's had some wins this year, Richmond, Virginia, Riverside, California have gone Petty's way. North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and Martinsville back-to-back -back wins for him. And he qualified on the pole at Riverside last week. On the pole this week, he's back on the track. In about 23 seconds. I missed him a little bit on the stop, but I would say right at 23 seconds. Kim, this is Jerry in the pits. I've got Joe Frazan with me now. I would like very much to congratulate you, Joe, for a, a swell job driving. There's no other way to say it. You proved the point. You can run with the hot dogs. It's unfortunate you had to break, but I want to get your impression of the drive today. Well, it felt good up there running, but it isn't going to do us much good. Uh, we don't have an engine to go to Daytona with now. That was our only hopes for going to the beach, and all went up in smoke. It appeared as though your career was going to be shortened earlier this year, and a guy came along and said, here, take some help. Is it likely to happen again? I doubt it very much. The man that helped me before had some money, but he didn't have that much. Uh, we're trying to come up with a sponsor someplace so we can keep going, and uh, the way things look right now, it's just, it's going to be awful tough. I just don't know what we're going to do right now. Well, Ken, I think you'll echo my sentiments. If there's a sponsor in Radio Land that would like a good driver with a good car, you can find him in Joe Frazan. Let's go back to the tower at Ken Squires. Joe Frazan had a third-place finish at Darlington, South Carolina this year. That was one of his better finishes. Running strong with that John Green car, but not finishing here today at Texas World Speedway, where right now it continues to be petty country in College Station, Texas. The Texas World Speedway has to be one of the most competitive tracks ever created for automobile racing. It's proving it today and every time they come here to College Station, Texas. College Station is a great place to come to see an automobile race. We've had a wonderful time here this time. Enjoyed a couple of very fine restaurants you find out here tucked away in Bryan College Station area. And you always enjoy tremendous racing. So why not make your plans now to take a weekend and December 3rd be at College Station, Texas at the Texas World Speedway for the Texas 500. The Lone Star 500 has been a wizard this afternoon. Right now, Richard Petty's leading, but anything can happen to the finish of a race. And the same story goes on December 3rd. For ticket information, write to Texas World Speedway, drawer A-O, College Station, Texas. That's Texas World Speedway, drawer A-O, College Station, Texas. And we'll see you here Sunday, December 3rd for the Texas 500. A warm day in Bryan, Texas.
and a hot race with Richard Petty right now, the hottest of the hot. Here's car number 10, Bill Champion, car number 64, Alvo Langley, and the red, white, and blue car of Captain America, Ray Williams from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, all on pit road, Big John Sears, number four, as the last of the scheduled stops take place. Car number 61, Clarence Lovell of San Antonio, Texas, is on pit road and ready to get back into it once again. A tremendous battle every time here on this two-mile, 22-degree bank turn track. The 210-lap rundown is in. And we're showing Richard Petty as the leader, Bobby Allison in second, Bobby Isaac in third, running in fourth. Would be Benny Parsons in fifth, Cuckoo Marlin in sixth, James Hilton in seventh, would be Larry Smith in eighth, Dean Dalton ninth, would be Jade Thomas in tenth, Tiny Lund. And running 11th on the field is the car number 66 of H.B. Bailey. The 12th place car is the number 61 automobile of Clarence Lovell from Texas. 13th car is Ray Williams. 14th car is Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. 15th place is Cecil Gordon. 16th place is car number 2, Dave Marcus. 17th place is Ben Arnold. 18th position is car number 56, Paul Jett. The 19th position is Bill Champion. 20th in the race is John Sears. And running 21st right now is car number 70, J.D. McDuffie, with the 22nd position belonging to car number 35, Ronnie Chumley. Car number 18, Joe Fasson dropping out of the race. And here's 55, Tiny Lund, now on pit road. Here's Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama, coming back in. Here's Bobby Allison also coming back in again. Okay, he didn't get the chance under caution to make it up. Bad break for Allison, good break for Petty. That great duel between that pair continuing all season long and continuing in the 17th meet of the season, Tuesday, July 4th at Daytona Beach, Florida. This is Jerry Smith with the pits once again. The report that Bobby Isaac, at least at this point, is suspected he's running with a broken valve spring. Harry Hyde tells us just moments ago they're going to slow him down to finish the race, and that's the extent of it. Back to the tower. Have a change of drivers on car number 47, Leroy Yarbrough getting a workout in Ray Williams' car as they switch back and forth. Marvin Patch. Uh, Bobby Allison just had a quick pit stop, uh, 20 and a half seconds. So uh, the caution, like you say, did not come out and help him in that time. But Leroy Yarbrough is now out of the car and Raymond Williams is back in the car. Paul Cunningham, who was part of Apollo 7's mission to the moon, has been here today. We asked him what he found about the Grand National that was so appealing. Well, the, the biggest difference to me, and I have to admit that I've watched fewer of uh, the championship cars like, you know, the uh, large production machines than I have the uh, Indy-type automobiles. But the thing that impresses me about this is you take a great big American automobile, weighs 4,000 pounds, and you put enough horsepower in it, and you make it run right, and it runs around these tracks at 200-plus miles an hour. It's just, you know, it's amazing to me. What do you think of these? That was Walt Cunningham. Here goes car number 14 on a blown engine coming up in turn number four. Let's go to Barney Hall. And that's car number 32 coming down pit road with a blown engine, Jim Witt. He's moving on pit road. He dumped a little bit of oil out coming out of that turn momentarily or some kind of moisture coming out from the car, but he's going to make it into the pits all right. Jim Witt of Al Cajon, California, the 71 Ford going behind the wall in car number 32. He is all the way back to the garage area and would become the 15th or 16th retiree. That's number 15 out of the 44 car field that started the Lone Star 500 this afternoon. 222 laps complete, which means we're up to 444 miles, and we're rapidly getting toward the conclusion of this one as Richard Petty hangs on and hopes the STP Dodge will hang on.
to give him another victory this afternoon. Richard Petty out in front with right now second place belonging to Bobby Allison. Third spot at the present time showing his car number 72. Benny Parsons automobile. Let's take a check on that. That's Petty in front. Second place car showing as Allison and moving up is Benny Parsons car as the laps run out. Bobby Isaac having some trouble of racing in this race which has hurt him and put him down. He's coming by putting a lap on John Sears but Clarence Lovell put a lap on him on Bobby Isaac as he came by the line. It's been a race all afternoon, but right now, the Petty crew is dominating. James Hilton is in for his final pit stop with the Pop-Cola Ford Automobile. Richard Petty trying to win 145 and going to the beach next week, hoping to pull it out there. We asked Richard why he was running better these days, qualifying better, running better. I caused Allen real good uh, with the Dodge. I know we had a little bit of trouble to begin with getting the car to work just exactly like what it was supposed to, but... The last couple of races, it seemed to be working a whole lot better, and uh, I think that uh, just running a while ago, I think that it showed that uh, my car gets through the corner right now just a little bit better than a couple of others, and they might be running a little bit faster down the straightaway, but mainly to get around the track. Richard Penny on why that thing is working better. H.B. Bailey is now on pit road. Car number 66, the Pontiac GTO out of Houston, Texas. H.B. Bailey on pit road, and Jabe Thomas, who's running in 10th position, is also pitting. That car is sponsored by Monk King uh, Pontiac up in Denton, uh, uh, up above uh, uh, Houston, or Dallas, and that's the same gentleman that sponsored me when I won the race in Daytona with the Smoky Unit car back in 1961. Let's hope HP has as good luck as you did. I'd like to see it happen for him. Car number 66 pulling back out onto the speedway. HB Bailey of Houston, Texas, back on the track. The same sponsor that Marvin, Marvin had back there in the dark ages of automobile racing. That shows you those Pontiac dealers just don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Bobby Allison whizzing by, and right behind him is Cuckoo Marlin. Gee, what a terrific day for Cuckoo Marlin and the Cunningham Kelly car out of Columbia, Tennessee. Cuckoo really beginning to knock down the laps here. We're showing 225 complete, and we should have a rundown that could be a little more in detail in just a moment on 220. Hit us up with Joe Frisson dropping out and Bobby Isaac having trouble. Again today, some of these independent runners are going to have themselves a tremendous finish. And that's always exciting to see, Marvin. These guys work so hard and so much good talent in NASCAR Grand National Racing that we continually talk about the Allisons, the Petties, the Pearsons, the Isaacs, and the Dean Daltons. And those drivers that don't get the recognition they deserve. And today... Dean Dalton is running a fine race in ninth position. The boy out of Asheville, North Carolina, looks like he has it all together, and he continually, every 10-lap rundown, is picking up another position. You're right. We do talk about the front runners all the time. Um, you take men like Benny Parsons and, and quite a few of the others that are running along about the same pack that Benny Parsons has been running in are, uh, are capable of winning races the same as the drivers in the better cars. So these boys are driving hard. Matter of fact, a lot of times you have to drive harder because usually your car doesn't handle quite as good and doesn't run as fast down the straightaways. So you try to make it up as much as you can. Although uh, everybody, the fans, look at the front runners, some of these boys back in the pack are really working harder than the front runners are. Well, in our mind, our race fans all around the country listening today, if you enjoy the automobile racing of NASCAR Grand National, let your local radio stations know that you enjoy these automobile events which are brought to you on a motor racing network they're always appreciative of knowing 
if you enjoy them. And here comes your leader, Petty, to complete 228 laps of competition. Benny Parsons is right now up into fourth position. Ask Benny about that second-place finish last week in Riverside, California. Great finish for Benny Parsons of Detroit. Must have felt real good, Benny. Really did, Ken. Uh, just unfortunately, we had problems to start with and wasn't able to be in contention for the win at the end of the race. But uh, running second was a big thrill. That's her best finish on a super speedway. And uh, things are looking up. It was also a great finish last week for the American Motors car. Just a tremendous finish for Donnie Allison in that fine automobile of the Penske organization. Here's Neil Castles on the pit road running down on lap, showing 229 work this time. Bobby Allison with a big black smudge on the back of that car, number 71, as the engine just isn't working for him today, and he was giving such a battle to Richard Petty to try to pull this one out of the fire. Neil Castles has retired. Number 06, the Howard Furniture car from Charlotte, North Carolina, is now out of the race, and that brings our retiree list from the 44 that started up to 16. 16 cars now officially out of this event. J.D. McDuffie pitting and going back into it. Larry Smith driving a very good race, drafting off Clarence Lovell of San Antonio, Texas, as they move into turn number one. We have been turn number one, Ken, as they come around. We've been uh, watching here very carefully uh, Benny Parsons. Parsons really doing a job today. Uh, Benny, uh, of course, at Riverside drove a beautiful race, but he's been steady. He's really been steady, as steady as he was at Riverside, and uh, seemed to con really content to run around here and, and maybe by default get up there in the, in the top uh, runners as he did in Riverside. He was uh, 1.6 or 7th, and by the time we had the attrition rate, why he was right up there with the leaders. Same thing happening here today at Texas World Speedway. What will Benny do next week when he pulls into Daytona Beach? Does he have the fresh equipment to run Daytona and run it hard on the 4th of July? Right, I've got a boy back in Ellerby that hasn't been on the swing at all, has stayed home uh, and built engines, and uh, I think it's great that, you know, he, he is not selfish enough to say, look, I want to go to the racetrack, you know, because if he had went to Michigan and Dover and Riverside and, and here, uh, we'd be really hurt for engines. But he, who is he? Ronald Perrier, and he has a boy, uh, Muff Rogers, that's there helping him, and they're both very unselfish, have stayed there and built engines. And I think we're going to have two freshmen for Daytona. So uh, if we can just find some air, if we can just hit on something to go fast at Daytona, we'll be in good shape. If we don't, we'll be 10 miles an hour off the pace. That's the big story about this 10-mile-an-hour difference on these Ford automobiles between the boys from up in Patrick County, Virginia, uh, the Wood Brothers car and all the other Fords. Uh, Benny, what is the difference between your car and the other Fords and the Wood Brothers car? In carburation, uh, air. We have basically the same engine the Woods do. Uh, we have you know, the same pistons, the same connecting rods, heads, valves. Uh, we are just lacking someplace. We're not getting a proper amount of air in the engine. No. Now, if we can just hit on something and we'll get air in there, great. We'll be in the ball game. The thoughts of Benny Parsons about going to Daytona on the 4th of July from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Winding down to the finish of the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway. The average speed at 440 miles, 220 laps, 141.847 miles per hour. We might get a new overall record for the 500-mile distance before this one is over, although they're still shy of any records. 
That 1969 race really set some marks out here on this speedway. The rundown for 220 laps, 440 miles. Petty in front by a lap. Allison in second by a lap. With Isaac in third by a lap over Benny Parsons in fourth. Then in fifth, Cuckoo Marlin. In sixth, James Hilton. In seventh, Larry Smith. In eighth, Dean Dalton, who had started 39. And in ninth, Jabe Thomas from Christiansburg, Virginia. And Jabe has done some running today. His starting position for this race was 31st. Jabe is in the pit. Speaking of Jabe, he's in the pits with his hood up and looks like a heating problem. Let's hope he can get going again. And so is Alma Langley. Cuckoo Marlin starting 21st in the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet now showing in fifth and they are closing as Bobby Isaac runs out this race. They begin to congregate in victory lane waiting on the finish of this one and it's never over until that checkered flag comes out. Petty hoping to inch out another victory here. He's got a lap on the second place automobile. A week ago at Riverside, California, he was running beautifully. Looked like no problem at all and then poof. And a broken crank put him out of the race. From Texas World Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. At Texas World Speedway, it's Richard Petty in front, Isaac in second, then Parsons in third, Allison in second. Parsons now showing in third with a 230-lap rundown. In fourth is Isaac. In fifth is Cuckoo Marlin. Sixth is Hilton. Seventh, Larry Smith. Eighth, Dean Dalton. Ninth, Jabe Thomas, who is off pit road and back in the race. Tenth is Ben Arnold of Fairfield, Alabama. Eleventh is Tiny Lund. Running in 12th position is H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas. Going 13th in the race is Clarence Level of San Antonio, Texas. Running 14th is Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 15th is Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. 16th is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. 17th is Cecil Gordon from Horseshoe, North Carolina. 18th is Big John Sears of Ellaby, North Carolina. 19th is the number 53 of Dick May from Brownsville, New York. And running in the 20th position is J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina. Those are the front 20 with 230 laps remaining. We're now showing two Clarence Lovell in car number 61, dropping an engine, coming down the main straightaway. Tremendous plume of smoke coming out of Clarence Lovell's automobile as he goes across the start-finish line right in front of you, Ken Squires. The Lone Star Ford, number 61. What a great run for Clarence Lovell, and it's coming up short today. He had it really running. Clarence was running in 13th position. He is slowing down, trying to bring that automobile around. No sign yet if there's going to be caution on the track. Apparently, there will not be a caution brought out at this time. He has dropped down on the inside in turn two. Fritz Duda. He drops down into turn two now. We're looking down this back straightaway, or the front straightaway from the start-finish line into turn one and two. There is apparently no oil on the track. He's down in the back straightaway now, limping around, uh, hoping to go back into pit road, but no oil on the track and no yellow condition in turn one at this point. Back to radio control. Easy down the back stretch is Clarence Lovell's car number 61. Richard Petty still screaming around the speedway as the front-running automobile. Turning laps at about 165 miles per hour. Here he comes, moving back through lap traffic as we ease out of the Lone Star 500 this afternoon at College Station, Texas. Petty trying to win a lap over the car number 12 being driven this afternoon by Allison. Then comes Benny Parsons, followed by Bobby Isaac. And there is plenty of separation between second and third. There's only a lap between first and second, but between two and three, a six-lap separation between Bobby Allison and Benny Parsons. In the same lap with him is Bobby Isaac, and then seven laps back is Cuckoo Marlin, followed by James Hilton, Larry Smith, Dean Dalton, now up to eighth, ninth, Jabe Thomas, tenth, Ben Arnold, eleventh, Tiny Lund, twelfth in the race, 
is H.B. Bailey, and 13th had been this runner from San Antonio, Carnes Lovell. He's dropping back and moving up to 13th will be Ray Williams. Moving to 14th will be Charlie Roberts. Into 15th, Dave Marcus. 16th, Cecil Gordon. 17th, John Sears. 18th, the number 53 of Dick May. And 19th would be H.B. Bailey. That's as they stand going into 242 laps. Working the 242nd lap right now here at College Station, Texas. The race moving down towards its conclusion this afternoon with Petty a lap plus how much over second place Carl Allison. Eight laps now to go. A pretty sizable margin. Here is Petty coming around to complete 242. Getting down to eight laps, moving towards the finish of this event this afternoon. The speed at 230 laps, 460 miles, and gone up to 142, 734. There have been two caution periods in the race. The first car on its roof was Richard Childress of Winston-Salem, flipping midway in the race as he came out of turn number two after Doc Faustino had blown an engine in that area. And he did a series of sidewinders into the infield. He was not injured and plans to be in Daytona on the fourth. Bad break for him, though, and he's a youngster that didn't need that kind of trouble. It's been hot out here, probably hardest on the pit crews today than on the drivers on the track. They've at least had a breeze, but for these guys out here working on pit road, it's been something else. We asked Harry Lee Hyde about the activity out here on the pits today. It's hot. There's a lot of tension on, you know, watching the race, but as far as uh, work in between times, it's mostly just getting ready for the next pit stop. Then you're relaxed for a little while, and then unless the caution comes out early. You got an umbrella for tomorrow? No, we sure haven't. We should have thought about it, though. It looks like we're going to need it. <laughs> they sure did, and they sure didn't have one. There'll be some sunburns on all the crews today. We pause now for station identification. Bobby Isaacs Mark at 146.393 miles per hour when he won this race in 1969 as the record. This year it's 142.734 for the same distance. 142.734 as we move toward the conclusion of the Lone Star 500 from Texas World Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Texas World Speedway down to the final laps. 245. Five to go this afternoon with Richard Petty in front. Allison in second. Benny Parsons in third. Benny Parsons third spot with Bobby Isaac fourth and he's just limping along here trying to get in this finish running in fifth spot he's now dropped back again moving up Bobby Isaac on the latest report the 240 lap rundown shows Petty in front Allison second Benny Parsons third running fourth Cuckoo Marlin who had started this afternoon in the 21st position then running in fifth behind Marlin in fourth Bobby Isaac running in sixth James Hilton who had started in the 22nd position Running in seventh was Larry Smith in eighth, Dean Dalton, who had started 39th, and running ninth, Jabe Thomas, who had started 31st on the field. In the 10th position, Ben Arnold, 11th, Tiny Lund, 12th, and still going strong out here, looking for a good finish today. Houston, Texas, H.B. Bailey, 13th was car number 61, Clarence Lovell, 14th was Ray Williams, and going 15th was the Sonny King Ford with Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. Last laps now being tucked away for Richard Petty out in front by a lap over Bobby Allison and the Chevrolet. Here they come, still motoring this one out with about three to go. There will be two to go this time by 
Down the back stretch goes Richard Petty in the STP Dodge headed for turn three. Petty's just cruising right now, Ken. He's not having any problems at all. He hasn't had any problems all afternoon. He moves into turn number three, rides the high groove. Richard seems to like the turns and likes to drive up a little bit higher than most of the drivers. He'll be coming up on a three-car contingent of Tiny Lund and Bobby Allison and another automobile as they move down to you. Running out of laps is Richard Petty in the STP Dodge with a one-lap advantage over second place. Showing two laps to go, and if he brings it home for two more laps, it's loaded up and head for Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, that's uh, something else, too. We're going to have two days to work on the car to get it ready. Uh, Buddy Baker will drive the other STP Dodge, and we've already got it ready, so uh, when we take this and home, we'll have four or five people jump on and work on it a couple of days and be down there Friday ready for go through inspection, and we hope that uh, we'll hit the same combination coming off the trailer like we have the last two or three races. That's the 4th of July at Daytona Beach, and then July night at Bristol, Tennessee, for the NASCAR Grand National Stars, their upcoming races. Here comes Richard Petty down on a turn number four, and the white flag is on. The great driver from Randleville, North Carolina. Petty lapping tiny line as he heads into the first turn. Richard running very strong into turn number one, about ready to make it two in a row here at Texas International Speedway. Uh, Richard having won the December race that wound up the NASCAR season here last year, likes Texas, and it looks like it likes him as he heads out of turn number two down into the back straightaway with a real comfortable lead on Bobby Allison running in second place. Richard Petty now into turn number three and headed for home. The race fans in this end of the speedway on their feet as Richard Petty moves into turn number three, that red and blue automobile moving around some of the lapped automobiles, coming down if he can get it off turn four. He backs off the pace a little bit. There's some traffic up front. He's not taking a chance. Richard Petty out against the wall, heading for the start-finish line. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Petty has just won the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway at a speed average of some 143 miles an hour. Richard Petty is now driving down pit road, and he's headed for Victory Circle, where Jerry Smith is standing by. He halts for just a moment on pit road, bringing his automobile in after a tremendous victory in the Lone Star 500. It was a furious hot pace all day under a blistering Texas sky, perfectly blue sky, mighty hot. John Bruner Sr. over to congratulate him, the chief steward for today's race, and pulling up onto the victory circle at the Texas World Speedway is the champion for the second straight time of a 500-mile event on this great racetrack. He's now being unhitched from the automobile and will go down to the victory circle with Jerry Smith. Here we are in victory lane in the first order of business for this very handsome and happy winner, number 43 is to get a little breath of oxygen and then a glass of cold, cold milk. Right now we're having a little bit of difficulty getting the side screen away from the car so Richard Petty can remove himself from the car. But as was said earlier today, uh, incredibly blue Texas skies for this race, uh, a, a fine race, a fine racetrack. And for those of you who missed the race, we certainly hope that you can make plans to be with us in December when the whole thing will happen all over again with same cars and same drivers. We talked earlier about uh, cars, and Richard Petty, just a week ago, ran a Plymouth in Riverside, California, this time with a Dodge, and they're talking about doing a Dodge again next week, Firecracker 400 in Daytona, Florida. The milk is being poured, and uh, right now, Richard is uh, a little bit arm-weary, a little bit body-weary. Get the oxygen in there first to give him a good deep breath and regain his strength. Get the adrenaline moving a little bit, and of course that ice-cold milk always hits the spot. Uh, it has to be a very, very thirsty drive for the four and four hours and ten minutes out on the racetrack. Race marred with only one minor accident today. Fortunately, the driver was not injured seriously. The car did flip as we 
discussed in the play-by-play of the race activity. Several cars involved, and fortunately all will be ready to go in Daytona Beach in just a week from now. Now we finally have an auction mass that is working for Richard, and it's not that he is all that weak, but after a long drive in a hot car, that oxygen uh, has to be very, very welcome. We have a third tank coming as a standby here, but now he's got that deep breath going in, and we'll have Richard out of the car in just a moment or two. He says he usually feels all right until he gets out, then he gets a little bit woozy. All right, we'll get right in here. Richard, you've got the auction on now, but you won here last December. You won again today. Can you give us a comparison of the two races? I think it was a whole lot hotter this time. Uh, really, uh, the race was a heck of a race until uh, Bobby had some kind of ignition trouble or something, and uh, then he got back out, and me and him was racing again, and uh, then he had some kind of engine trouble. But uh, it would have been a heck of a race. It would have been hard to outrun him, but it would have been hard for him to outrun me too. Uh, in the fall, it seemed like it, uh, there was three cars, Buddy Baker, myself, and and uh, Bobby Allison uh, put on a heck of a race, and then Bobby had trouble right at last, and Buddy had a little bit of handling trouble, and I went on and won that race. But uh, really, this was a harder race, although the last 100 miles was pretty easy, being that uh, everybody had a little bit of trouble. But I guess the heat's what's made it so rough out here. Well, Richard, obviously the Dodge is in good shape running, and you're looking forward next week to the Firecracker 400. Uh, same car, what has to be done now? Well, we've got to go home and overhaul it. Uh, I just hope that it operates as good as it did today. The car handled real good, and... We was well satisfied. We come off the trailer when we first got here, and we run good all week and qualified fast time. And uh, just you know, it's just one of those weeks that everything worked good, and we was able to win the race. What are the odds, Richard, for the pole three weeks in a row? That's pretty slim for me. Uh, we'll go down to Daytona and we'll try, but uh, if we can get in the first three or four, we'll be well satisfied. Okay, there's your winner, Richard Petty. Let's go back to the tower in Ken Square. Here at the tower, here's how they finished at 250 laps, 500 miles at Texas World Speedway. The winning car, Richard Petty in first, Bobby Isaac in second, third, Benny Parsons. Running fourth at the finish, Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee. And running fifth was Bobby Isaac. Those were the front five, and of course that is unofficial, needs to be say. That was the unofficial finish in the front five positions this afternoon. Finishing unofficially in the sixth position was James Hilton. Finishing in seventh was Larry Smith, unofficially seventh, eighth was Dean Dalton, ninth was Jabe Thomas, 10th was Ben Arnold. Average speed for the race today, about 142 miles an hour, 144, 173, and that's just nine seconds off the 1969 record. Nine seconds off the 69 record set by Bobby Isaac at 144.277 miles per hour. Today, 144.173. Richard Petty wins here at the Texas World Speedway. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.